are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? Friday's all about the funk, a little soul, and we are ready to rock and roll. Look, look at me. I'm just pinning a song right now. Those are called bars, man. Yeah. Bars. I, okay, I need to. I need to kind of get it all together. You know, I got the son-in-law in Nashville trying to write a, a you know a hit single. I need to write all this down and send it his way because I need him to take care of my baby. Uh, that's for sure. All right, welcome in Players Grill Mandarin. That's where we are. Whenever we get on the stage, we're set up on the stage. Uh, we, we 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 think we're stars, but we're not. We would love to see you. You guys are the stars on Ten Ten XL. But we got the Christmas tree behind us. We do. In- okay. Oh, wait, that, that's, a Chris, that's a country song right yeah. there. Oh, believe I me. need him to take care of my baby. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a country song. You know what? <laughs> don't Tell forget him. that. Right. Uh, yeah, don't don't that, forget man. that. Because <laughs> it, it's, so, it's so funny. Uh, you know, Joey, uh, my, my son-in-law, you know, I'm Joey at home, and he's Joey, and, and the family calls him Joe Bro. And so, anyway, he is a songwriter, plus he's stage engineer at Old Red and, and Ryman Auditorium, Grand Ole Opry, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he loves it. But he is not a country fan. He is more of a, you know, whatever, young, alternative, not hip-hop. Soft rock? Yeah, yeah not, not yacht rock. But oh, just, okay, all right. But just kind of that folksy alternative sound. I was going to say the power rankings. If he's, if he's a soft <laughs> he's rock guy, gonna be he's different. going to yeah, he's he's be different. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. But anyway, really, really good collaborator when it comes to music. But you're right, I need to, uh, I need to get that song choice to him. All right, so uh, I tell you what, last night, you were driven to whatever it was other than football after what, what you watched last night, okay, because it was the Raiders against the L.A. Chargers. And the L.A. Chargers, if you were ever wondering what it looks like when a team tanks on its coach, when a team says, I ain't in no more, as Leon always likes to describe, they start thinking about Cabo. Man, was that the example that we it saw was. last they, night. That, that team last oh. night fouled it in, all right? At this point in the season, these guys, are, uh, they, they've become individuals and not team players. Yeah. All right? I, I, listen, I, I've been – listen, I thank God in my whole 11-year career I was never in a situation <laughs> where we were out of the playoff picture. That lack of effort, that lack of intensity. You're talking about a, a L.A. – I mean, you're talking about a Vegas team yeah. who five days ago couldn't <laughs> score a point <laughs> against the Vikings. Yeah. And, and scored. they scored 63 <laughs> on the Chargers? Yeah, that's not good. Come on, bro. They tr- – listen – Listen, there's a lot of eye-rolling going into team meeting. Yeah. There's a lot of late guys. There's, there's, a lot of, there's no real effort to want to be a part of this team when you go lay an egg like that. And if you were you're trying to get this coach fired. Yeah, if you were wondering, Matt, how, why we were trying to – because they're trying to get him fired. Okay? Yes. And, and, by the way, Brandon Staley, he looks lost. He has tried any number of things. Obviously, he doesn't have his quarterback. But to Leon's point, if you lose – and like that, and let Aiden O'Connell just torch you, okay, because he was just lobbing balls into the end zone, and guys you hadn't heard of were coming up with plays. This wasn't Devonta Adams going off. This was a bunch of other cats going off. And the other thing is, and this is what I always believe, is that defense, the effort on defense will tell you whether a team's given up or not. Yeah, and that defense is one of the highest, uh, as far as money goes, yeah. one of the highest in roster on, on, in the NFL. Yeah, they will tell you whether they've given on, up or not that. because you got Khalil, you got Derwin. I mean, you got a list of big names that are on that side, Both and sides. they did not get it done last night. 
All right, so we look at that one, uh, and we'll be talking about whether or not, you know, when he gets bounced and who's going to head there. There's all these rumors about can you make a trade for Bill Belichick, whether or not he stays in coaching or not after leaving New England. We'll find out. It's going to come at the end of the year. But we're not talking about head coaches getting fired around here, but we have been talking about players trying to step up their performance here. We've got El Boogie and the Ravens coming into town Sunday night, and if you want to just listen to some of the stuff that they've been able to do, okay, they've, A, they've won seven of their last eight games. All right, so they are red hot as hot as any team right now in the National Football League, you can treat that as a, as a negative or a positive because you're looking at a football team right now that's coming in, what, what do you always say, smelling themselves. Yeah, they are. Okay. They absolutely are smelling themselves. They won seven out of the last eight. Yeah. I mean, they're the number one seed in the AFC, and uh, they're playing well. They're playing good football right now. And, and it's going to take uh, a massive effort mm-hmm. on the Jaguars' part on both sides of the ball to beat this team, to be quite honest with you. But and you know what? There's so much disparity amongst the AFC. There's so much. As 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 good as the, the Ravens are, it's mm-hmm. been times that I've seen them where they look kind of average. All right? The Steelers played them, and they beat them in like a 6-3 to three or 9-6 to six score or whatever. And I watched Matthew Stafford play the, this, this vaunted uh, Ravens defense mm-hmm. last week. He lit them up. He absolutely lit them up. So, I mean, they, their back end of their defense can be exposed in the passing game as far as their, their linebackers and their sec- secondary goal. But it's going, to be, it's going to be a massive effort on the Jaguars' part in order to beat this team in prime time. I mean, they're not the 49ers. No, they're, no they're, way. They're not. No. They're not in a, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know if they're an elite team. They just—they're winning. Well, I do. I they're do winning, feel like okay? I, I feel like they've got the potential <clears throat> potential to be one of the elite teams so, because of how El Boogie is operating right now. No, I get now. that, but but outside of El Boogie on that offense, what's there that's going to you, scare you've you? Got, you've got an emerging Zay Flowers who, over the last handful of games, has really started to come yeah, up big. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. As long as he stays healthy, yeah. we know how good he can be. Hell, they lose Mark Andrews. Isaiah likely just steps right up and says, "Okay, uh, mm-hmm. feed me," and, and they feed him too. You will hear his name. Sunday night. Well, I think what Matt is saying, as far as anybody in the NFC, in the AFC, no one scares me. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have that boogeyman called the Niners in our division. <laughs> There's nobody in our division the boogeyman. Yeah. I thought the Dolphins were absolutely legit. You know, the the Legion of Zoom, and yeah. then I I saw what happens to them when they lose Tyreek Hill. Oh they became gosh. very average. Plus, they got issues on the offensive line as well. That Titan front four got after him pretty good. And, you know, you're talking about the Dolphins team that everybody had crowned it all, you know, crowned. Oh, yeah. They get beat. The Ravens had to go into overtime to be the Rams team that's not even 500. Matthew Stafford had a good game in there. Right. They did a punt return in, in, in overtime to win. We know the, tre- the Chiefs struggles. We know the Jaguars struggles. Yeah. We know Cleveland. I mean, so I'm saying the AFC right now, if the Jaguars can get their stuff together, man, right. it's wide open like I've never seen it before. I just I, I just, I look at what they've the Rams, the Chargers, the Bengals, half of it without Joe Burrow. The Cardinals. I mean, Detroit clearly was a nice win at home by 32. A very important win, but a good win. But I, I don't – like, I watch them, and I and – I, okay, they're good. But when you watch them, where you go, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. this team, this team is – this not, is a Super Bowl team. They're not. They're, they're not the boogeyman. Not. No, no. All right, no. So, 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 I, so my, my whole point is this, is you've got a team right now in the Jaguars who really is not playing well. They haven't put together a full game the entire season, which I think is the huge red flag. We've gone now 13 games into the season, and they still haven't played a complete game. So, to me, that's a big red flag. So, I, I, if this team just plays to its potential, right. 
they win that game. Well, I, I think the worst thing right now is that, yeah, all that is true. They haven't played that complete game. But they have lost so many of their bigger names that it's really starting to add up against them. That's what I think worries most Jaguar fans out there. All right, Gibby uh, holding down what we normally call J.J.ville. Uh, but J.J. with the day off. So, Gibby, he's got him a little of that right now. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Always great to be with you, gentlemen. Um, This news we thought would happen last night, it happens right now. Brandon Staley has been fired, the uh, Chargers head coach. Also, the general manager, Tom Telesco, has also been fired, according to Adam Schefter. Yeah, so there you go. We knew knew it was going to happen. And ultimately, instead of waiting till last night, they'll go ahead and get in the Friday news cycle. And Brandon Staley, with a beard or looking like Jim Carrey or not, he gone. Yeah, well, gone. Not, not only him. See, see, this is why you don't play poorly on, 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 on you, that's why you. This is why you you want to put out good tape because now the general manager's fired, mm-hmm. the head coach is fired. These guys right now, as poorly as they played on Thursday, they're auditioning for whoever comes in as coach. You're going to you're either going to get cut, you're going to get moved, or you're going to trade it. Or you're going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. So these guys performing the way they did Thursday, yeah, you, you, maybe you accomplished your goal of getting them out of here. But guess what? You might be getting the pink slip yourself in a couple <laughs> of months. It's true because now everyone knows you're on notice, okay? Yeah. You're on watch. Everyone's got to be able to prove that they're putting an effort forth for whoever the next guy is. Is it Bill Belichick? We'll look at all those odds and find out who the next guy might be. Is it Jimmy Harbaugh? Okay, because Harbaugh, you know, we'll have Connor O'Gara on in the 1 o'clock hour. We'll talk a little bit about the college football playoff, the way it all shook out and whatnot. But is Jim Harbaugh inter- interested in what's going on down there? Because, uh, heck, the, the Chargers have been described for a couple of decades as one of the more underachieving teams. And I know every Charger fan out there can't get over the fact that they had a 27-point lead over this team right here at the bank and couldn't handle their business, lost that one, and they haven't been the same since. They have not been the same since. That's true. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's that. I, I think it's just sometimes, sometimes and Leon can speak this, the message just gets lost, and players stop hearing the same message over and over and over. Well, and I also you, think it was you, a bad message, then you lose, too. Yeah, and then you lose yeah. a few games, and then once you lose a few games, then it starts to roll a little bit, and then players get more disinterested, and they start turning off the coach even more. And this isn't just in the NFL. This mm-hmm. happens everywhere in every sport, you know, in every, every level. There's, there's a point, Leon, where the message doesn't get through anymore. And, yeah. and when you're looking at 42 nothing against the Raiders last night, against a, just a bad Raiders team, let's be honest, the message clearly is not getting through. No, and that message is not clear. So I'm gonna tell you, and, and players will zoom you out at some particular point in the season because it, it comes down to trust. Because, you, listen, when the, the start of the season, everybody's galvanized, excited about the season, whatever. You go into a couple of games, you get midpoint to the season, and you keep hearing the same old, you know, suggestions and thoughts from the coach or whatever. And if it's not amounting to W's, mm-hmm. when you're in that team meeting, all of a sudden it goes from not listening until it goes to rolling other eyes. Then it goes to, man, we need to get them out of here. Right. Uh, it does, and and I'm, I'm not sure – if that's the scenario, I, I'm only I'm only speculating because I'm telling you I'm blessed yeah. that my whole career you I are. was always in a situation where December and January I'm playing for the chip. So mm-hmm. I, I've never been in that situation before. But I've heard guys I've heard guys who've been on bad teams say, "Hey man, start the season I'm ready to go." Then I start hearing the message. I get tired of hearing the message. Mm-hmm. I zoom out of the message. Man, I'm thinking about Cabo. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, they, I'm just telling you, I've, guys have called me and told me, sir, I'm just trying to stay healthy to get the free agency. Right, yeah. right. Especially if, you know, you know that there's absolutely nothing to play for and you know the guy next to you is also checked out. I mean, that's the part when you know that, you know, your teammate ain't giving his all, then how are you expected to give your all? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that way, but that's basically what it boils down to. All right, so we're going to be in on that. We're going to keep an eye on what happens with Brandon Staley uh, now that he's been fired what the L.A. Chargers are going to do. Justin Herbert, we know, is gone for the year. Uh, But we will spend most of our time focusing on the Jags and the Ravens. What's the key? I would love to hear that. You know, we always do bold facts and bold predictions right here on XL Primetime with with our Bold City Brewery boys. So think about it. You know, what bold prediction can you make for what you think can happen Sunday night? The weather ain't going to be great. That's going to be one one of the, I would think, talking points for both sides take care of the football limit your mistakes don't turn it over you know all that type of stuff in a wet rainy environment is what it might end up being but you take a look at what Lamar did last week in a kind of a nasty day weather wise and he was still able to go for three plus three scores look at his passer rating top notch but the other half of it is what you had said earlier Leon about Matt Stafford Matt Stafford went for close to 300 mm-hmm. yards mm-hmm. and was able to throw now you got in the back end you've got some pretty good players Humphrey definitely being one of them and Stone being the other who's picked off his share of footballs but Trevor and them may see a team that can smell blood, and they've got to make sure that they clean it up offensively and they don't send that ball in the air without a receiver knowing where he needs to be. Yeah, well, I'm with Matt. I mean, we, we, it's week 15, and we've yet to see a complete game from this Jaguars. Yeah. We, we haven't. We haven't seen them be able to run the ball, throw the ball, protect the passer, protect the runner, get after the passer, stop the run, special team play here. I mean, we have not seen a complete game. So, I mean, this Jaguar team – uh, if they can galvanize and somehow come together and, and find a way to win a ball game yeah. in prime time. That, that's the most disappointing thing to me. It probably, every game that was essentially a big game uh, media-wise that got the attention, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the Niners, the Chiefs, uh, um, and who else did they play? The, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And now Sunday night against the Ravens. Here's another opportunity. I mean, listen, it took us 10 years to get some of this stuff that we're getting right now. Yeah. you got to start showing up on it, or you may take another 10 years to get it back. I'll just remind everybody, this team has not been in the postseason back-to-back years since? 1998. Yeah, so that's how long it's been, okay? And Mr. Searcy was anchoring the right side the last time this team was in the playoffs back-to-back years. Don't let it slip away. They still have plenty to play for, mm-hmm. but they may be facing – uh, a, a really red-hot Ravens team Sunday night, wouldn't it be a great time to pick them off and get right and then go ahead and finish things off against the Bucks, against the Panthers, the Titans? You can see they weren't going away the other night against the Dolphins. No. So nothing is easy in the National Football League. Now, let's go to one other thing. I did my preview on social earlier today. You can go to my at 1010XLJoc, uh, at 1010JoC on Instagram or whatever uh, and, and check it out. But one thing that jumped out at me as I was looking at some of the numbers, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley combined, combined, had 27 targets the other day. Mm-hmm. 27. You know what the total catch was? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine catches on 27 targets for less than 100 yards. Yeah. So every one of those guys in those rooms know that they need to step up. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's anybody calling anybody well, out just yet, but 
Oh, I think there is behind closed doors. Well, out there that's is. what I'm curious about. Yeah, teammate to is. teammate, though? I w- Maybe. Like, Maybe. What I'm curious well, well, about. That, you know what? That's when it's strongest. When your opinion is stronger. Hmm. But there's nobody on this team that can really call you. There's nobody that's performing at a level to where they can call anybody out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it's more heartfelt when it comes from a teammate. But it's got to come from a teammate that's doing well. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, your quarterback yeah. should be able to call somebody he, out. He, your quarterback is he? I mean, he's not lighting up no even Josh scoreboard. Allen should be able to call somebody Josh out. Josh Allen should be. Able, Josh Roy, Allen. Roy Robinson Harris should be able to call. But well, we, you out. know, we 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 kind of keep it. Uh, if, if it's a defensive issue, then we let the defensive guy go off on the defensive guy. If yeah. it's an offensive, offensive guy. Right. You know. So I mean, I mean, uh, someone needs to tell these guys that they're not getting it done. They, that that's not that's not acceptable. If you got twenty seven targets, you only got nine catches between you. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I don't know who is to tell it. Trevor could probably tell it. Last couple. Okay. Of games now he were, said it a little bit after yeah. the game, but obviously he you know he he did it. There you go, go Jags. All right. Yeah. The the idea that you that you get into the quiet setting, meaning it's outside or excuse me inside the walls of the stadium and no outside people looking in on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Media not hearing what he says. That's when he probably can challenge some of his guys look I ain't playing well enough you guys aren't playing well enough we better figure it out we're going to get our a beat again okay now remember a year ago after London Mm -hmm. the loss to the Broncos in London he said I have got to play better Mm -hmm. and I think he knows that collectively they're nowhere near the you know the untapped potential as Matt's talking about where they all come together but I think they've known this now for Seven, eight, nine, ten games. Yeah, yeah but add, like right. it's not like they don't know they're not playing well. No, but add to it, no Christian Kirk, a uh, 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 hurt Zay Jones trying to come back and get to a hundred percent. Now your offensive line is is banged. Everybody's up. hurt, man. Uh, no, no, I understand. I'm just saying this is what they are dealing with, mm-hmm. and, and and I still believe they can go into the bank Sunday night and do something to surprise Baltimore. But how many people on the outside looking in think that this team has enough right now to, 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 to knock off I Lamar Jackson? Do. I definitely do. Yeah. I think they have enough. I mean, I'm, they, their core group is good. If they play potential and they play a complete game, their core group is good. What they have is good, okay, even but, without Kirk, right. even with a, a gimpy Zay Jones. Yeah, I, they've I, got guys out there that can make plays on offense, and they've clearly shown defensively – that they can play well. Yeah, but, yeah I'm, 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 I'm not even trying to be anti-guy, but I can't help but point out the obvious, okay? They are getting torched for I, big I don't yards. Disagree. Right. Torched for big yards by guys you never expected to have night, days and nights that they've had. You know, the first, you know the first Cleveland quarterback to throw for three touchdowns this year? The first Cleveland quarterback to throw for three scores this year? Was Joe Flacco on Sunday? I don't disagree, okay. man. So, and think about he went over 300 yards. Browning went over 300 yards. They did not get to Joe Flacco. They might have gotten him on the ground once. Yeah, they got him on the ground once when they forced the turnover. And so they sacked him one time with the Antonio Johnson uh, blitz call. So they have got to figure out more ways to put pressure on people. And El Boogie, he represents he represents every possibility with every play, meaning I can drop back, I can throw it deep, or I can take off and beat you and make you look silly. Mm-hmm. So he's got every bit of the arsenal at his disposal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just look at this team, and it's they've shown they can play well against guy, quarterbacks that can run. They've shown they can play good defense. They can get after the quarterback. They can turn teams over. That's how you win games defensively. You turn teams over. They were for a you, while. You stress the quarterback and you put them in, in a position where they're throwing quickly, not on time. You know, it's all those things. They've shown it in the past. Why yeah. not now? So 
to me, it's somebody in that locker room has got to stand up and say, and maybe they have, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't know. But somebody in that locker room has got to stand up and say, look, you know, this thing is slipping away right now. Because if you don't think that it's not slipping away, right. you're one game up. You can I, say, well, you technically we're two games up. Look, the way you're playing, you should be playing like you're no games up. Yeah, and you've split with Houston. You may have mm-hmm. to go deep in your tie break if you want to go down that road. And you did sweep Indy, and so that's all good. But at the same time, if you don't take care of business, especially in well, December, you're going to well, get exposed. I mean, what this team has to understand is that it, however you played in week three to five is not, is not acceptable in week 15. All right, your preparation, your execution, your intensity – you know, catching the ball, blocking, passing, all those things, all those variables. There's a difference between starting the season and where you are right now. Teams are amped it up. Offensive lines are better. The reason why we're not getting after the passer, because you look at the Cleveland and you look at Cincinnati offensive line, they understood what was at stake. They know we got a backup quarterback. So guess what they're going to do? Their preparation, their intensity, their preparedness is going to make sure that he's clean. If he's clean, he gives us a better opportunity to win games. Yeah. We're going to run the ball. We're going to protect the passer. We're going to convert on third downs. We're going to do all those things, essentially, that hurt the Jaguars the last two weeks. They cannot play. they got to ramp up the intensity whatever it needs to do, because going into January, the, the way they're playing right now right. with their intensity on both sides of the ball, going into January, they may not see January for one. <laughs> for one, and for two, they could be one and done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, re- that's I mean, where you're may, at. The Bucks are fighting for a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not going to be an easy game. No, you know, and, and the Titans proved to and us. the Titans on and the, the road. Ti- yes. It's not going to be an easy yeah. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, they proved that they could, you know, punch – the Dolphins in the mouth, and there's no reason to think they, that it's it's been a physical rivalry between these two teams. And we have made this point on this show: the toughness of this football team has been called into question the last couple of games because of the way that the other two teams were physical with them. You know, you don't think that the Titans, the way this team is struggling, the Titans going into the last game of the season, like last year, that we yeah. bounced them out. You don't think this Jaguar team struggles and they go into the last game of the season against the Titans, that they could send them home? You, do you know they would absolutely love that? Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. All right, we got so much to get into. We would love for you to drop on by. Players Grill Mandarin, we're real easy to find on San Jose, where the neighborhood meets. You can drop on by, and they've got all sorts of cool things, especially when the Jaguars are playing. They have the pour till they score special and you can always enjoy the lineup of great taps great beer great food the menu is all about making sure that you have that good comfort food to go along with a cold one so make sure you stop on by this player's grill or the miramar location oak leaf whatever it might be we are cranking josie maddie hayes Big Surce, Mia off today. She's enjoying a trip up to the Big Apple, but we will have plenty for you as we go throughout the afternoon with Agent Gibbs, man in the ship. We have to rush him. We have to pressure him because we don't want him sitting back there because he is a guy that in the pocket he can, he can hurt you as well as outside the pocket. But we'll, we, we have a plan, and we'll try to execute that plan. But at the end of the day, we have to be who we are. We have to affect the quarterback and – it didn't work as well as we wanted to last week, so we get another opportunity for the guys to come out and go ahead and execute the plan, and let's get after a quarterback. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Well, you just heard Mike Caldwell, your defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, talking about how they got to affect the quarterback, get back to doing what we're doing, what we've done. 
And, uh, yeah, that's what Jaguar fans all of Duval is hoping for. That's for sure. XL Primetime at the Players Grill Mandarin right here on San Jose. Drop on by. Order up one of their great lunch menu items, and they incorporated the pizza. They got the great wings, burgers, you name it. That uh, menu has got something for everybody. And then some cocoa beer, especially if you want to get ready for your whole NFL slate Saturday and Sunday. There are three NFL Network games tomorrow and then all your NFL action on Sunday before you get ready for the Jags-Ravens Sunday night. You can definitely be here where the neighborhood meets at Players Grill Mandarin. So you just heard what Caldwell said, and you guys listen to this, okay? Who was the leading passer for the Baltimore Ravens? Lamar. Who was the leading rusher for the Baltimore Ravens? Lamar. Okay, so he had 11 carries for 70 yards. So that's 6.4 yards per carry, Leon. If he decides to run it, run it, run it, he is a dangerous weapon. We all know that. But this football team has already been stretched out and and, and maybe a little more thin Injury-wise, they got to account for a dynamic runner and what is now becoming a dynamic thrower. Hell boogie. Yeah. That's the reason why I nicknamed him. He could beat yeah. you with his arm or with his legs. Oh, yeah. All right? I mean, and, 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 and what the Jaguars got to do defensively, I heard uh, Coach Caldwell talk about we've got to be who we are. Well, who you are is last week a team that couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. You can't, yeah. I, don't want those, I don't want those guys playing. I want some guys that in the middle, interior, you got to push the pocket, make them, get them off the spot, make them uncomfortable, stay in your rush lanes on the, on the wide end. And then, and then when, you, when you zone blitz or fire zone or whatever you play where you bring five, six, seven, someone's got to get home. Absolutely somebody's got to get home. This team, team's got to do a better job of getting home, disrupting the quarterback because the quarterback, everything with the quarterback is he likes a clean pocket. He like, he, he's in rhythm. You got to get you got to get El Boogie off his spot. You got to give him some hits. Gotta, and they, they're going to run the ball with him too because they run the counter where the quarterback quarterback counter on mm-hmm. a couple of times. So I mean, you got to do whatever you can to disrupt him. He can't be comfortable in that pocket. You got to put pressure on him on, on every every opportunity you get. But the first and foremost, what you got to do is stop the run. You got to. I mean, disrupt is the word, mm-hmm. but but the foundation of disrupt is. You you got to have guys winning individual battles every single play. True. Somewhere along that line of scrimmage, you've got to have a guy that wins every play, mm-hmm. because that's how you disrupt. Yeah. They don't have that right now. They have guys that have ha- that have done it in the past this season. Mm-hmm. In the last two games, no one no one is winning individual battles. No one. Josh Allen is every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have interior guys that win individually. That disrupt the interior. That's where it all starts. The line of, it's everything is the line of scrimmage. It's all about the line of scrimmage. And they've been getting pushed around on both lines of scrimmage for the last two games. And Leon and I were talking off the air and look, if you don't think this team could lose this game and then lose to the Bucks because the Bucks are fighting for a playoff spot and then L out and be this year's Titans, if you don't think that can happen, you're out of your mind if you don't think that can no, happen. No, no. It's all that possible. absolutely can happen. Because what 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 is it happening? Is it this football team's coming back to the pack? Okay, that it's regressing, that it's at the worst possible time after building up what looked like a nice little lead inside the division is having to kick and scratch and fight like hell to maintain it. Now, I'm not going to say it's good news that C.J. Stroud is injured because you hate when anybody gets injured, but it certainly helps the record and the race inside the AFC South knowing that he's not 100%. Uh, Gardner, Minshew, and company have played well up there. 
look at have you seen the numbers of Michael Pittman? I mean, this guy's making plays and is in some rare air right now because he's one of the favorite targets that, that G's getting the football to. And so the, the Colts go up to Cincinnati, suffered the same fate that the Jaguars did. They mm-hmm. lost to Jake Browning in, in the bunch. And so you hope that you're going to be able to get yourself in a position to separate by more than one game and not make things interesting. That is, while we say, and I don't even want to talk about the Buccaneers just yet, but it's, it, it, it can be a good team, but it's I mean, also a bad team. Yeah, right. It is a lousy team. You should beat that team, you be- period. You, you better start changing who you are first because you might even be able to get in the, in the playoffs at 9-8, nine, at nine and eight, okay? Mm-hmm. You better change who you are first or in the first round of the playoffs, the Browns are going to come here and beat you again or the yeah. Bengals will come in here and beat you again. So I, I, don't, I, I don't even look at it as, okay, well, here's how we can still make the playoffs. No, no man, you've got to change who you are right now because what they are right now on the lines of scrimmage, they're not fighting. They're not competing. Yeah. That, to me, is the huge red flag. They, it, it, there's no fight, Leon. Well, well listen, on both sides of the ball, they're getting out physical. That, that, that's what it boils down to. I mean, when it comes to one-on-one matchups, if you, if you beat your man, you win. And I think too often this team doesn't, doesn't play like that. Collectively on both sides of the ball, we can't run the ball. That's any identity of any offensive lineman. You know, your mantle is your toughness is about running the football. We can't do that. You know, we got an offensive coordinator and shotgun on third and long. I mean, mm-hmm. third and one. Fourth and one. Or fourth and one. Fourth and one. Whatever short yardage, one shotgun. One. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a backhand smack to the face, to any offensive lineman, that you can't run the ball effectively on, on, on short yardage plays or whatever. We're, we're, we're not physical up front. Uh, we got issues with the offensive line, especially on the left side, because, you know, we got injuries right now. Mm-hmm. So that's patchwork. You got, the, you got the right side. You got a decent play by your rookie. Sheriff Sheriff has, has has come down a little bit. Fortner is a struggling. Bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I give trying him, to be I, kind. I, I, you got to look what he's working with, right? Oof. He's working with a rookie on one side, and he's working with a Fortner who gets who gets overwhelmed a lot of times. He a does. Game. So he's dealing with that kind of stuff right there. So he looks a lot like Andrew Norwell right now. Be honest. I would not be honest. Call him Wal- no, Norwell. I, I would call him Norwell. No, well, yeah. I mean, Norwell's last year he wasn't bad. Yeah, well, he's yeah, no, but, but also let's which factor. Which is kind of what Sheriff is right now. He's not bad. They're in the same. They're they're stewing in the same. Uh, yeah, in other not. words, let me I, tell you something. They're in the same zip code, bro. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, see, yeah. the reason why I wouldn't put them in the same pile is because Brandon Sheriff was legit multiple years before he was he a got perennial. Yeah, but what about and, now? And, no, I, I understand that, but I'm just saying he is better. Norwell had one good year out of four years here. He got one. paid and got paid. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, before he got he, paid he coming, got in, coming in, yeah. yeah. And so, at the very least, Sheriff has, has had, and I do agree with Leon in, 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 in the inexperience on one side or the other, and that definitely has a factor. But look, we can clobber all of them one way or another, including mm-hmm. the prized Walker Little and all the other ones that, that we have you know, hyped up at one point or another. Collectively, they are not playing well. And Trevor got sacked uh, and has been hit far too often here of late. Four sacks the other day. Obviously, the three picks. He was forced into making some quicker decisions, playing on the bum ankle, and then guys that either broke off their routes or didn't do what they were supposed to do with a side adjustment. So, I mean, it, it can unravel in a hurry. But, and, but, and you're facing a football team that's going to bring it. But just like you said, Joe, I mean, all this stuff is right and true, what you're saying, but no one cares. Yeah. No one cares outside of Duval. <laughs> I mean, the NFL doesn't care that you. Str- they don't no. care. That, they don't care that you got a patchwork. Going for, they don't care that ATN struggling. He's got a rib issues. Trevor's got an ankle. They don't care that wide receivers drop the passes right now. You got to somehow galvanize the troops. And I hate right. using that word because I. I don't, yeah. But you got to galvanize these guys and figure out a way to win one flipping game. Yeah. At home in prime time, where you've come up short. 
You've come out short every time. Every opportunity, national attention was on the Jaguars. Yeah. KC, 49ers, Monday Night Football, we've come up short. Yeah. We've been a bunch of Tito's and no Michael Jackson, all right? <laughs> we've been a bunch of backup singers over the last couple of times we've been on prime time. Because, listen, you're supposed to shine the brightest when the lights are brightest. Yeah, because if we, if, if Duval goes through a Monday night loss to Jake Browning, a burrowless Bengals team, and they get, let's just say, get run by the Ravens, uh, when, when are the NFL networks going to put us back under the lights, you know, put the bank on center stage? Because it was supposed to be different. At the very least, one of these two games where you were hoping was going to go your way, uh, in the beginning when you looked at it, okay, well, that's against Joe Burrow and that's against Lamar Jackson. You know, those are legit squads. But it's also your, your stadium. Mm-hmm. That's your environment. And, and they have not, you're right, the, the two most impressive wins came from, at that point, sorry teams inside the division. They took care of Indy and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they haven't been able to score one of those signature wins like you're talking about. The, the, the Ravens ran the ball with success the other day against the Rams. Jacksonville is top five in stopping the run. So they've got to make sure that they do that part of it first. If they can handle Gus Edwards and company, then they've got a, they've got a chance. But corralling Lamar is going to be the biggest and most difficult challenge because he was running for, what, what did I tell you guys earlier, six plus, 6.4 yards per carry. And so he's getting it done. And they now have an offense that has a feel, flow, and confidence that Lamar has with Todd Munkin in his play calls. So it's going to be tough, that's for sure. All right, you guys hit the text line, 641-1010, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Let us know where you're at with that mindset because we all know this team can rise up and win. We know that. But what type of feeling do you have going into this game? Nervous, scared, whatever it might be because I'm guessing – What's the percentage out there other than just straight fandom, okay? Because every Jaguar fan thinks this team can win. That's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But what do you think the percentage of you know, confidence is right now with uh, losing two in a row and then facing a red-hot team that's coming into town? I, I don't know. I, I, I would be interested to see uh, what that percentage is. Mine's is low. Mm-hmm. I told you mine's is low until I see it. Right. Until I'm- I see this team – until I see this team – so I see they rise up in a big game against a, 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 a good opponent. I, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I mean, I haven't like Matt was saying earlier. This team for 15 weeks has not played a complete game. Yeah, all think all about three, that. All three phases. Think of about that. The entire season they haven't played a complete game. Mm-hmm. Now they've they've also scored in the 30s. A, let's not like they've also scored in the 30s a handful of times. But we've they've, given they've, up 30. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've had, they've held teams in the teens. They they have won a few of those important ball games. They are eight and five. And yeah. Like we said, we can talk about who's played a complete right, but, game. Or but not. you haven't seen this team where you go, whoa! All yeah. right, this team can play with anyone. Well, there hasn't been one game we've said that. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I go back and I think of the game against the Houston Texans. That was a pretty damn good game against a really good squad. They may have been an upstart, may have been, you know, uh, uh, all of a sudden, hey, we got to take notice. But that was a damn good game uh, against C.J. Stroud and company. That was when Tank Dell, uh, Tank, and, and Nico were all rocking and rolling at that point. So uh, there, there are warts on every NFL team out there right now. Have you seen what the Eagles have done lately? Have you seen what the Chiefs have done lately? The Dallas Cowboys just got hammered by the San Francisco 49ers earlier in the year. Now they look like darlings. I don't know which way you guys are going when, when they go up to Buffalo, but I got a feeling you know, of, of how I think it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. So it, 
this team needs to prove that they can go toe-for-toe, step-for-step with the best in the league. And right now, I, I can't argue with you guys. I can't say that they have uh, because they, they haven't uh, over a 60-minute ball game. But they've got to figure it out right now what they can well, do. Well, I mean, I think, I think the reason why I'm so frustrated by it is because the AFC is, no, the AFC is wide open. The AFC is wide open. Yeah, the, the Baltimore comes in here at 10-3, and three, but Baltimore is gettable. I mean, the, the, we know the struggles that KC's having. You know, and, and in Miami, you saw what happened to him last yeah. Monday night. So the AFC, there's nobody, like I said earlier, there's no boogeyman in the AFC. There's, there's no Niners sitting there waiting for you to come through uh, uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying that if this Jaguars team can prove it on Sunday night that the, the Ravens are gettable, then I'll believe. I mean, if they can come in, if it's Sunday night, they can come and beat the Ravens team that's been on a, a real hot streak. And El Boogie has been playing some outstanding football. He should be one of the top five as far as MVP goes. I, I mean, if I if they come out and they show me, and they get after him pretty good, then you know, then I'll change. But other than that, man, I I, and to, I told you I'm not I'm not going to see the same movie because I, <laughs> I, I know I know the end results. Hey Joe, I know yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah Gibby, I've got a bold fact for you. Ready? Okay. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery. Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. This comes courtesy of Paul Himbakides of ESPN. The Baltimore Ravens have played the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. Mm, ah, I like hearing that because if they, you know, we talk about who have they beaten or who has this team beaten, I, I like that. And they have won. Their margin of victory has been pretty impressive. They've stacked up nearly 4,900 total yards this year. They're averaging close to 28 points per game, which is four scores, uh, which is pretty good. And so, yeah, I, I like that. If you're, And we'll go through their schedule and look at it. All right, so let's stay on that, Gibby. And you did the bold fact. We'll add to it right now because if uh, Bowl City Brewery, First brewery here in Duval, and mm-hmm. you can order up right here at Players Grill, one of those ice-cold Dukes, that brown ale, the killer whale, the mad manatee, whatever you want, make sure you check it out. We saw it last week when Tylen Wallace for the Baltimore Ravens had that punt return, basically a walk-off winner in overtime, 37-31, 76 yards. He returned that punt for a touchdown in overtime. Fourth overtime punt return touchdown in NFL history. Got anybody? Got got anybody in your mind that's done this? Fourth overtime punt return touchdown in NFL history. Who are the others? Devin Hester. Devin Hester's got to be one. Nope. No? Nope. Devin Hester. Wow. That's. These are going to be rando guys. Yeah, it's got to be rando. Uh, uh, one one is not rando. One is another one is familiar. The other one, the last of the of the you know these three. What about uh, what about uh, Dante Hall? Uh, Dante Hall. No, that's another Dante good one. Hall. How about another Deshaun Jackson? Nope, but he is uh, one of those guys you yeah. immediately would think of, I Devin and Deshaun, him. for sure. Okay. Uh, Willie Flipper Anderson. Wow. <laughs> he was a good Ram back like in the that. day. I like that. All right, I'll give it to John you. John Jefferson. Uh, no, I'll give it to you. Uh, the one that you will not get, at least I wouldn't think you would get, is X Gibson. Xavier Gibson did it in 2000. 23, not that long ago, mm. September of this season. Xavier Gibson earlier this year. Another guy helped the one uh, one university become DBU, Patrick Peterson. Oh, okay. okay. Patrick Peterson did it in gotcha. 2011, and the other one came out of the Sunshine State, and boy, could he return the football playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Former Noel. 
to Mark Vanover. Oh, yep. Vanover. And did okay. it all the way back in 1995. But those are the guys. Now Tylen Wallace adds his name to the list of four to have overtime punt return touchdowns, basically walk-off winners. All right, so good stuff there. Thanks to Bold City Brewery. So if you want to come in with a bold prediction, you can get the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. It is a big hair, heavy metal Friday, and we always love when you throw some rock and roll at us, especially if you're getting fired up with some anthems around the tailgate Sunday night. And I, I love it. Inside tailgaters and whatnot, you will have some rock and roll playing uh all of them will have their playlist set up so let us know if you got a big hair heavy metal or just any rock and roll suggestion for us throw them gibby's way at 641-1010 and we'll try and get them on our playlist as we come to you live from players grill mandarin right here on san jose that just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars uh, this officially happened a couple of days ago, actually, but it's now finally getting reported. A um, little under-the-radar under the move here by Nick Saban. Alabama has hired former Michigan assistant linebackers coach George Hilo to its coaching staff, effective now. Now. Hmm. Joe. Effective now, Joe. Well, now, George Hilo was the linebackers coach at Michigan from 2021 to 2022, and he left uh, in February – after Michigan brought back, are you ready for this? Chris Partridge, who was recently fired for, you know, the connection, still, yeah. the huh? connection to Connor Stallings. Although he goes on the internet and says it's not, mm-hmm. that's not the reason he was fired. He was just fired randomly at near the end of the season, in the middle of the season, for the heck of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, because you can look at this thing two ways. You can look at it as Saban's trying to get in Harbaugh's head. He's trying to get him more. Maybe Nick's a little worried. Maybe what? Maybe Nick's a little worried. Well, it, it is the college maybe football got, playoff. Maybe he's, Michigan's got his full attention right now. Well, they should. They're a good football team, and they got the run game. They got the dynamic quarterback. And Hell, yeah, Nick should be worried. Yeah. I like Alabama in that game. Y'all think Nick Saban is worried about I don't think, no, it's not, Worry's not the right word, okay? Concern is definitely – concern is the right word. How I mean, about I, this? I just think it's interesting on, on I mean, social – so listen, on social yeah, yeah, media, yeah. The, yeah. Whole, the whole narrative on social media is, oh, Nick's in his head, or – Nick's really concerned about what he's dealing with. In this or game. how about let's just cover every base? Yeah, that too. Yeah, of course. You got, you got well, how much intel could he actually get from this guy? Oh, a lot, I would think. No. Really? I'm not talking about signals. Well, I'm oh, just talking yeah. about like as personnel. Far as personnel. Yeah. Okay. You know something well, else about George Hilo? Do you know what? Do you know anything about him? He's from here. He's from Jacksonville. He went to Bishop Kinney. That's I didn't wild. know he went to Bishop Kinney. Wow, did not know that. That's pretty good. the uh, The other thing is, is if he comes in with video, his own video equipment then that's even more of a plus, yeah. okay? True. <laughs> that's true. true. That is true. Maybe he'll bring Connor Stallings. Yeah, him. exactly. But, look, Nick is just – he's not like uh, – and we have talked about this on any number of levels. If you bring in somebody from a team that you play, Leon Searcy being one of them back in the day, what did you do? You weakened the opponent and you strengthened yourself. That's, that's mm-hmm. what Tom Coughlin set out to do inside the AFC Central. I'm going to weaken the Steelers. I'm going to make us better. And then they probably also leaned on and you said, hey, Leon – Give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on yeah, over there. But you know what I, I'll tell you exactly yeah. what I told them. Exactly yeah. what I told them when they asked me, hey, Leon, could you give us some, some, some signs for the defense? I say, it won't matter. You still got to block them. You still got to be able you. to do it. Yeah. I, I, I will say this, and our, our reach is far and wide with the Nooners, baby. Far our what? Our reach is far yeah. and wide with the yeah. Nooners. So the 629 on the text line brought to you by our good friends at Lifetime Enclosures just said, I'm sitting here with George, George Helos, George Helos' cousin, that's we classic. just spoke about him going to Alabama. 
We're playing disc golf, listening to the Nooners. That yes. is just beautiful. Mm, nice. A uh, yes. round of applause uh, for George Hill. What was the relationship? Cousin. Sitting yeah, there with his cousin. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love it. We love it. Hey, hey look, that type of guy, and, and Gibby points out he's, he's a BK guy, so that's a great connection and combination. But he's going to a place where, obviously, if he's recognized for what he can do, he's, he will have coached under Harbaugh and under uh, Saban. That's, that's rare air. That's pretty good. But, Nick, i got to believe right now, Let's make this the 10-10 take, uh, Gibby, if you don't mind, because, you know, this is, there's a lot at stake for, I'm not going to call him old, but an aging Nick Saban. Now, Joe C's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit master since 68. You won't go wrong if you're ready to party and tailgate and just roll through Sonny's and pick it up. As you head down to the stadium, make sure you do it because they'll do all that cooking, smoking it slow, and then making sure you're ready to rock and roll and have a big time. Lunch, dinner, whatever it might be, make sure you check out your area sunnies. So Nick is not seen as a guy that it's slipping away from him fast. That's not the case. But I was the first to admit, and I told you guys, and maybe more than one of us did it, but I was the first to admit that that I, I, I started to check him off as being done after that South Florida game. I really thought there was peril in Tuscaloosa. Obviously, there wasn't. He restored Jalen Milrow as his quarterback, and then they went on a tear. And they went on a tear with Nick saying, we're going we're gonna to make sure we don't miss any opportunity here. What they do? They picked off the Georgia Bulldogs, and now they've got a chance to play for it all. This is not his last go-around by any stretch of the imagination. But I do believe that Nick Saban is making sure he's checking every box because he does not want to let a rare opportunity like this go, winning another natty. Let me ask you a question, Matt. So – if there's a presser, right, you're right before the, the, the final four, and someone say, hey, Nick, do you have any regrets benching Jalen Rose? Milrose. Milrose before that South Florida game. I say Jalen Rose. Yeah, you went Jalen Rose. Yeah, Jalen Milrose. <laughs> right. We, how do you think he answers it? No, I think he'll say it was all part of our process. Of <laughs> really? Are our, you serious? Yes, he'll say it was part he of our process. It. He uh, won't answer it as Figuring out who our quarterback was, we told the guy, we told you know, all three guys were going to give them an opportunity to play. They all got an opportunity to play. Some of our guys didn't like it, which is Jalen. Mm-hmm. Some of our guys didn't like it, and, you know, they, they, you know we, they figured it out, and they got better, and blah, it's credit to Jalen that he got better, and he'll say that. Yeah. He'll say that. Now, his you, answer now is, if you talk to players, okay, yeah, yeah. if you talk to players, and, and this is the only time where play, all players must be available is when you're in, at the bowl game and, at the, and if they go to the championship game. So they're all available to the media. So if you talk to players who typically aren't available to the media, mm-hmm. then you might get a different story. Then you might get Jalen was ticked off. Then you might get we had a bunch of guys in the locker room that were ticked off. We mm-hmm. knew he was the best quarterback. We don't know why he wasn't playing. Well, uh, uh, then we're sitting there in the USF like game, a, like a mutant, and it looks like we're going to lose. Yes, yeah. Re- yes. Re- let's remind people of what the chatter was uh, in social media mm-hmm. uh, that week was that he had lost his team a little bit, and that there was a, a threat of mutiny if you mm-hmm. don't put Jalen Milrow back in as a starter. I, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was that far, but but, but I'm just saying on social media. Yes, you course. know how that was. There's there was clearly <laughs> what happened there. Clearly wasn't good because Jalen Milrow. Got so mad about it, he went after Saban, and he went after Tom Reese, the offensive coordinator, and that's why they sat him down. That's why Nick was willing to lose that USF game instead of putting it in that game to win the game because he had Nuts. to make a point. He had to make a point that he was the guy running the ship and not Jalen Milrow. Mm-hmm. So, and in the end, was it a great piece of, it, of coaching? It, 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 was a, it was a great piece of coaching, but, I mean, it, it's – look, at the end of the day, he benched a guy who should not have been benched for the Texas mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. The blame was placed on Jalen Milrow. 
when it should have been an entire team problem. Yeah, that, okay? That's what I, that's what I then, have the and issue then, with. And then, it's, and then it's, you know, then you're not at the point where you're saying, okay, we're going to try this guy, Tyler Buckner, who is so bad, he's not even playing football well, anymore. I'm going to ask the dumb question, Leon. Did it course correct Jalen Milrow? Did it, did it turn him into a different player by being humbled like that? Uh, it, it probably did, but, I mean, you, you risk the chance of losing your locker room because here's, yeah. the thing, here's the one thing I know about players. They practice enough with guys. They've seen guys enough, even before they get to the games, to know if this guy can lead us anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So those other two quarters that, that were behind Milrose, players know. They know in practice that Jalen Milrose was the guy. And mm-hmm. for him to get benched, they didn't understand it. So and then and then not to start them and then the, you like you said the the South Florida game you I were, he was willing to lose that game just to make a hundred percent he was <laughs> he was not putting Milro in the game there's no way he was <laughs> yeah it really is nuts he, when you think about it because when Buckner struggled he went right to Simpson yeah, yeah. so I know and he, he was just he, as terrible he a hundred percent was willing to lose wow. that game he, he still may have been stewing over what Milro did to lose the Texas game too you never know yeah uh, it, it easily could have had something to do with it but it, it, it's it it. It does speak volumes on, yes, it was all one season, but how much difference also, was, the, was the finished result of what Alabama was versus the first quarter of the season. Also, to the larger Crazy. extent of what your initial question was, yeah. I'm never questioning that guy, yeah. especially after this season, never again. I'm never going to say he's too old, yeah. okay? It, it, because clearly he had a team that was on the brink there. They're, they're, and, they're, and then his quarterback just gets better and better and better and better. And more, better than I imagined. Than okay? anyone could have imagined. I knew that Jalen Milrow was talented, but I just did. And remember back in the offseason, we were arguing about whether which of the guys would win it. Joe, he, he got think. benched. He went from being benched, okay, in week two, to being a two Heisman. and a half months later, one of the best players in the country. <laughs> to be in, in the Heisman conversation. Just crazy. That's how good he was. And, and I, I love the recl- reclamation project, him, him individually, because he had to say to himself, it's kind of like what we talk about with Trevor. You, you, you got to take ownership of what you've done. Yeah. And he made some bad throws against Texas and then said, i I got to cut that out. Well, here's the thing. That us, us as fans from the outside looking in, we always look at the finished product. That, that kid had to spend a lot of time to himself, studying himself, technique, fundamental, because what we saw in Texas is not what we're seeing down the road. So I'm saying a lot of people want to applaud, you know, what he's doing now. But behind the scenes, that – kid had to put in some time yeah. to get you know his accuracy down his ball release his fit footwork all that stuff so that a lot of time outside of practice yep film study all that kind of stuff. Well, here's, here's another thing that like everybody just overlooks it's his first year as a starter mm-hmm. true. Yeah. true he started one game in his career yeah against texas a&m mm-hmm. and won yeah so, I mean, it's his first season as a starter, and you're benching him in week two. Yeah, and, and, and it, the panic button had been hit because the way Nick described it was that no one had separated themselves in the offseason in, in leading up to the start of the race. Yeah, I heard, a, I heard he, a different story. I heard yeah. that Jalen Miller was clearly the best of the three. Well, they, they went with him. The but, most talented was yeah. Dylan Lonergan, the second freshman. The, you know, they had two freshmen. Dylan Lonergan was considered the second best yeah. of the freshmen. He was the most talented guy, arm talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. But the guy who was the best quarterback on the roster right. in fall camp, far and away, was Milrow. It's classic that they second-guessed him throwing the football, and they ended up being a, a great thrower down the stretch. Here's the other part. How about giving Tommy Reese a little credit, okay? Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator that we didn't know whether he'd be any good or not in, in Tuscaloosa after Bill O'Brien left. He, I don't know whether he tucked tail and left Notre Dame, whatever. He went from Notre Dame to Alabama 
and did a damn good job as the offensive coordinator. Created enough offensive plays to outsmart Kirby Smart and others when they needed it most uh, in those big ball games down the stretch. They also got better in the run game. They got their offensive line got like exponentially better from week two till the SEC championship game. Yeah, they dominated in the SEC championship game, and they were terrible against Texas. Mm-hmm. So they got better everywhere. Caden Proctor, the the freshman left tackle who really yeah. struggled yeah. early. Yeah. Like he was getting beat by those USF fans consistently. He became he was the he was probably the best blocker on the field in the SEC championship game. So yeah, they they developed a lot over the season. It wasn't just Jalen Milrow, it was the run game, it was the offensive line, it was the receivers. Isaiah Bond became a better player. Uh, Jermaine Burton got more consistent. The yeah, defense he did. started consistently getting stops in the run game. They started covering better. Yeah, they they were, this might be as far as all of Nick's teams, the team that developed the most over the course of a season. I can't think of another team of his that developed more over the course of the season than this one. So they won the championship. This would probably be his most proudest championship he won. Oh, I I think it absolutely will be. Considering where that offensive line was at the beginning yeah, of the season. Yeah, I remember. I and saw where the, the quarterback was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. only other one I may throw up, I have to actually go back and look and see that, that I may throw up as a suggestion mm-hmm. because I don't think too many people said Jalen Milrow was going to lead, quote, a national championship team. I don't think they said that about Jacob Coker either. Uh, I don't think they said yeah. it about him. And so yeah, I, don't, I don't know had, how proud had, he was. They, had, that yeah, was, yeah. they had the D train on that yeah, team. Did. Yeah, they did. They had yeah. a lot of other yeah, players right. on that team too, man. Yeah, they had, they had a tremendous amount of – of talent on that football field. And this also, like like what you guys are saying, that this might be the most satisfying for him, is that Kirby was in takeover mode. He was. Yes. Kirby he was. was in takeover mode. Kirby was a game yeah. away from being he was, you know, separating he, from the pack. Okay? Right. And he was about Objects to go. Objects in the mirror looked hey. a lot further away. You know what I mean? He Kirby, was about had, to, Kirby had boardwalk and park plays. <laughs> he, he, he was taking over. But oh. not, and he, he was taking about over to Monopoly go, board. He was about to go B to B to B. Yes. Okay, yeah. back to back to yes. back. By the way, the original NFG loves some of Leon's lines. He's still laughing about uh, got a bunch of Tito's and no Michael. So uh, <laughs> the Monopoly reference is also good. All right, you can check us out on YouTube, 1010XL. All you got to do is search on YouTube, 1010XL. You can see our stream. You come into Players Grill Mandarin, and you can see what they actually throw us up on the big screen, which is a little scary. But you can come on by, enjoy a great dinner, a cold one, which is always good. I think I put my eyes on Johnny Comcast over there, who's got him a cold one right now. So anybody wants to come on by, you can enjoy it. Terrific lunch. You know the got that and then also with that menu start planning your jaguar watching uh plans and you can come on by players grill either here miramar or oakleaf it's where the neighborhood meets we've got connor o'gara one of uh matt's mates at saturday down south we'll continue the college football discussion coming up it's a big hair heavy metal friday on xl prime time We'll finish our show with our big hair anthem and Big John Henderson uh, as we get ready for the weekend. We're not going to take it. Well, you can come in with your rock and roll suggestions, or you can drop on by Players Grill Mandarin. We are right here on San Jose. Would love to see you, Josie, Matty Hayes, Big Surs. As a matter of fact, one of our guys on uh, social media said, uh, looking good, Matty, uh, because of those LBs that you dropped. Now let's say hello to one of your uh, Saturday down south mates, Connor O'Gara, who joins us now. Connor, welcome in. How are you, bud? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. It's a uh, it's a wild time of year in this sport. I feel like I'm seeing new new former like studs hit the portal every day. But we're uh, we're, we're keeping our head on a swivel over here. 
Yeah, just <laughs> just imagine if every like every month there was like free agent Friday in the writing game. You could go wherever you wanted because that's basically what's happening in college football. I don't know if I like it, love it, or uh, it, there's there's too much transfer portal for me at times. I, I think so too, and I, I'm doing a, a pretty deep uh, breakdown of this for Saturday Down South. A shameless plug. It will come out on Monday. And I went back and I looked at the 2021 and 2022 classes and just found the blue chip recruits who signed at an SEC school. And I was like, I wonder how many of them have transferred at least once. And of those 287 recruits, it's 137 that have hit the portal and have transferred at least once. It's 48%. I'm actually going to update it because I saw two seconds ago that Sage Ryan, former blue chip recruit for LSU in that 2021 class, that he hit the portal. So I mean, this thing is its unbelievable. If you're approaching this from a fan and you're like, I don't really know how I should treat signing day because so many of these guys are gone after a year or two, I don't really blame you. And I think it's all the more important to kind of look at the portal and look at what your team is doing in that area, maybe even more so than, the, than what's happening at the high school ranks. So, Connor, um, we, another one happened yesterday, I think, I think late yesterday, um, that was really shocking. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson leaving Georgia. Uh, you're talking about an All-American linebacker who was part of those back-to-back national championships. And and I said earlier, I think part of it is the grind that Kirby has on these guys day after day after day. It takes its toll. And and when you see a guy who was expected to go to the NFL just say, I'm going in the portal and I'm going to play one more year before I go in the NFL, that's a little bit of a, of a sign to me that, you know, all is not well there right now at Georgia. Well, it's also because C.J. Allen stepped in his place and played really, really well. I mean, let's not forget that when Jamon Dumas Johnson breaks his forearm in that Mizzou game, they turn to a true freshman in that spot, another blue-chip guy, another five-star guy, because that's just what Kirby does. And he steps in and looks the part. Now, it wasn't perfect, and I think he's got some room to work in some of the running lanes. If you watch him closely, you see, all right, this is still a true freshman, but I think that's part of it. And Jamon Dumas Johnson is looking around going, all right, so I'm going to have my my reps limited by a guy who might be the next N'Kobe Dean. And if I'm going to be in a spot where I can hit the portal, play somewhere with a full allotment of reps, I mean, look at Jermaine Johnson, what that guy did at Florida State. And he was in a situation where he was going to have limited reps if he stayed at Georgia. Instead, he's like, all right, I'm going to go become a first-round prospect. And boom, he becomes an impact guy in the NFL I think he's probably looking at it from that perspective a little bit more so than, oh, this is a culture issue, this is something like that. But obviously, that's a tough one to stomach for Georgia, who's hoping to be able to have him back, or at least you know they'd be able to get to brag about him going to the NFL. I mean, you're talking about literally an All-American <clears throat> linebacker. And, and, I mean, Jermaine Johnson was a guy that was a, just a rotation guy. But w- this is literally like a, an elite dude right now that's leaving your team. That's why, to me, it's, it's odd. And there may be more to it. There may be... You know, he may have done something dumb again, and Kirby told him, you know, just go to the portal, and we're, you know, we're not even going to deal with it anymore. It could be something as simple as that. It's just, to me, that's odd along the lines of other guys that also have already left and guys that more than likely are not only going to leave but are going to leave early for the NFL because now it looks like that Lab McConkie might leave early for the NFL. Yeah, that, that one doesn't surprise me as much. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of next-level people who have seen what Lad has done, even in an injury-riddled season. And still are like, you know what, this guy just kind of does a little bit of everything for you. And you think he lines up on the outside more than people give him credit for as well. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily like to look 
at a, a specific transfer in this day and age and say, well, that's a sign that your program is falling apart. I mean, if there is one that kind of stands out that makes me think, gosh, not all is well, and this is a really bad sign, it's probably Trevor Etienne. I mean, I know you guys have talked about him a ton and somebody that, I mean, by the time this season was finished, it was the worst kept secret that that guy was going to be on the move and somebody that wasn't necessarily lacking reps, although in my opinion, he was lacking reps because he should have been getting Cody Schrader type touches with how good of a player he is, even though Montreal Johnson's also very good. But I, I still look at, at, at these moves and I, I think you have to look at the sum of the parts more than one specific situation, just with the way that the portal is setting up and these bidding wars that we know are going on. All right, Connor, a university of Miami just entertained a cam ward. All right. <laughs> Put him up in the fountain blue, took him to prime one twelve, probably limo ride, Rick Ross, I mean, is this really what the portal has come to? I mean, I'm not even sure if the kid went on campus or not. It's, it's more about the shine now than it is the fact that you actually want to play for the team, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's what they did to Derek King a couple of years ago. I remember reading that Ross Dellinger story in Sports Illustrated that came out essentially right when these guys were allowed to start making money off of NIL. And it was incredible to see the type of tour he got as someone that was obviously going to benefit from that at Miami, that's just kind of the way that this is working now. The question is, will it work for Miami and will it lead that offense to the places that it should be going at this point with Mario Cristobal? I think those are a couple of different things. And Miami has options. I mean, that, that's, that's what you kind of realize as you look around with the way that quarterbacks are being recruited in the portal is you might have a guy kind of flame out. You might think, ah, my system isn't really doing that well or whatever. And just like that, you're going to be able to turn the page and get a new guy in the portal. And Miami is in a good spot where, you know, whether it, whether it is Cam Ward or whether it is Will Howard, a guy that I really like from Kansas State, I, I think you're kind of looking at this going, well, we're going to have to take as many cracks as we possibly can. And Miami is still in a really nice position despite the fact that obviously the season didn't turn out the way that they hoped. We're talking with Connor O'Gara. You can definitely check him out Saturday Down South. Does a ton of good work as well as his Saturday Down South podcast. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Trevor Etienne going in the portal, and we don't know what the sum total is going to be. But more than anything else, Connor, the referendum on Billy right now is no bueno. I mean, it, they are trying to figure out whether or not he's going to make it through half the season. What's your opinion of what is happening right now in Gainesville? It's so bad, and I usually find myself trying to – I like to play devil's advocate just because I, I think it's healthy. I, I think it kind of gets me outside of groupthink. And, and I try and look at these things without being so reactionary. But, guys, I, I can't come up with a path for Billy Napier to get a year four. And, and I feel like I've defended the guy. And I was saying all year, look, they're not going to pay $31.8 million to fire him. I don't care if they don't go to a bowl game. He's fine. But you're looking at this right now, and we see the schedule reveal, and it's what everybody is calling the toughest schedule in the history of college football, TBD on that. But the fact that they have five of those games to end the season against top 15 teams, four teams that are playing in New Year's Six Bowls, and then the one that's not is LSU, who, by the way, has the longest winning streak it's ever had against Florida right now. So you're looking at all those things just going, man, how is this going to get better? You see the tweet from Nick De La Torre, half of that first class that Billy signed, they're gone. This is when you're supposed to have year three guys, foundation-type guys, and instead you're going to have to play a bunch of underclassmen yet again. You're going to have to swing big in the portal and hope that some of these guys hit. 
And to do that with that schedule, I, I just don't see it. And I think it's really tough to envision Scott Strickland and Billy Napier surviving past next season. Yeah, and they just lost another one. Miguel Mitchell, their safety, went, just left for the portal. So now it's more than half in that first class for Billy. Connor, real quick, uh, staying on, on Billy Napier, the thing that really bothers me more than anything, um, it, it's, it's the idea that 11-14 and 14 is okay. That's really what bothers me more than anything. The idea that seven and fourteen against the power against power five teams in his first two years is okay. You know they have money there. Money is not an issue. So the reason they didn't fire him isn't because of money. It's because they thought what he was doing was going to work. And I don't know what more you need to see eleven and fourteen and seven and fourteen against power five to think all right, it's going to continue. That's my problem with it, really, more than anything. That they're accepting this mediocrity. Look, I've heard someone say before, and I'm blanking on this guy's name, but I think he said stubborn coaches get fired. I think I've heard that from, from That's somewhere. Right. That's um, right. Someone told you that, right? Over and over, stubborn coaches get fired. <laughs> someone, yeah. Uh, look, Billy, Billy is stubborn. Florida is stubborn. Uh, those, both of those things are true. We're, we're seeing Florida allow Billy to be stubborn, and, and I think that's the problem. How many times have we looked at some of these situations and thought, Oh, they definitely told that coach that they need to go out and hire an offensive play caller or else he's gone or else you're not going to be coming back or else we're going to find ways to be able to say that this is not going to work out. And we still don't know. We still don't know. I I don't get how that is possible at this stage of the game to see two years of that offense to think, oh, everything's just going to be fine because it's not even just about the offense, which I think you can point some raw numbers and say, well, we did this well, we did this well. But it's the fact that Billy is supposed to be the CEO of his program, and, and they have other leaks in the foundation. Some of the mental lapses that you see from this team just make you think that he doesn't have full control. And in this day and age, with NIL and everything that goes into it, transfer portal, you have to be in total control, and you just don't have the time that you think that you do. So, yeah, look, they're, they're both stubborn at this point. I, I think Florida and Billy are both staring down a, a really, really difficult path to get out of this. Okay, so Connor, a couple of weeks ago, the NCAA passed a ruling where they allow each individual university to decide on what they wanted to pay their players, uh, which is I'm all good, I'm good for that. I'm, is this a way to deter the players from revenue sharing and unionizing the five billion dollar annually that college football makes uh, off of these players? I, I think I have a tough time. I have a tough time sitting here and thinking that these universities are all going to agree to be above board about all of this and that there isn't still going to be an underbelly that we're going to see. So like from, from that standpoint, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be going off of this, this same exact type of payroll or whatever. And I saw some of the figures thrown out for Iowa and oh, it's you know it's only nine million bucks or whatever it is to be able to have a, a you know a roster stay intact. Maybe I mean maybe it can help. I still tend to think that we're going to need a separate governing body, and that we're not going to be relying on the NCAA. It's not going to be relying on the federal government, and that this is going to have to take a group that is strictly devoted to to football and all matters football related to feel like we're actually going to turn the page and we're going to be able to go into this pay-for-play or whatever that looks like, because I think there are still some murky things that you could probably work around if that's what's being proposed 
because we know that these schools are going to find a way to funnel money one way or another, whether it's legal or not. Good stuff, bro. We will keep an eye on everything, uh, especially uh, where it goes with the the ones closest to us, that's for sure. You can check out Connor O'Gara at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Check out the podcast as well. If we don't talk to you, have a great Christmas. Uh, How old's the little one now? She is six and a half months, and, guys, she's in the 99th percentile in height. So I'm just saying, once the Jaguars need a long snapper in about 24 (laughs) years, 23 years, I'm I'm just going to throw the name out there. That's all. She's good to go. (laughs) All right, dude. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Well done, brother. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, You think about, uh, like, honestly, I don't know whether to like it, love it, or hate it when it comes to this portal because it does feel like every single day. I love it. I I do, but it's just it's so hard to, to, like, you can fall in love with a Cam Ward and then he's gone. You can fall in love with any of these guys. Or, you, or you can fall gone. in love with a Cam Ward, and he has 18 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Well, you, have, you have no idea what's well, going to happen. That's yeah, the best but, part. But, that's a, but I'm just saying the come-and-go world of yeah. it is that there's, the, the Technicolor Dreamcoat is alive and well. I mean, there's no sticking and staying with, no. one, with one school. Well, it's, no no it's, loyalty. No, yeah. well, there isn't. But, but again, and I've said this uh, numerous times now, the only way they're going to end this, the only way they're going to get it out of the courts where the courts say, you know, you cannot ha- you cannot restrict players because that's coming. Yeah. Okay. Because we've already seen it now. They're, it's in court right now. Right. Is to share the is to share the revenue. Once you share the revenue, and you ha- and you collectively bargain, then you have the ability to put the to put the shackles on or whatever you want to call it the, right. the 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 you know the the inroads or however you want to say it on actual contracts of you are going to stay here for three years or you are going mm-hmm. to stay here for four years, because until you do that, until you share money with them. You should have no control over them because your coaches can go whenever they want. Head coaches, assistant coaches, whenever they want. It's nuts. It really is. All right, well, we will keep it going uh, right here at the beautiful Players Grill Mandarin where the neighborhood meets. We've been hanging out, talking ball. We'll get back to the Jags. We've got our picks coming up with Coach Campo as he's ready to go, and then we'll definitely dive deep in the 2 o'clock hour on the Ravens and Jags. We'd love to see you, so stop on by. Don't forget, anytime you're watching ball, just look at all the big screens they have here at Players Grill Mandarin. They've got the deck outside, so you can enjoy the weather out there. And, of course, Miramar, which is right there on Hendricks, or Oakleaf. Check out those Players Grill locations, too. That's where the fifth quarter will be. Well, actually, not this week because it's going to be a late night for Leon and company, but the next time <laughs> they are in action. You should have seen I, I, Believe me. Yeah, go to YouTube. You can see his face. That's for sure. It is XL Primetime. All right, we've got our risk-reward picks that we are going to get into. We're going to go through all the NFL action. Sadly, we don't have college football to do. We are hanging out here at the Players Grill Mandarin, beautiful San Jose. You can just drop on by, make this one of your one of your haws when you're watching ball or enjoying lunch and dinner. Players Grill Mandarin, where the neighborhood meets. And guess who's met up with us? Coach Campo as he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, Coach, you doing good? I'm doing great. I'm. I'm. Uh, listen, I couldn't be any better. That's the way to. That's the way to look at it, man. Love and life. That's for sure. All right, now JJ's not here, which means we can bag on him just a little bit because I don't think his. I don't think his standings are correct right now. I don't either. On, I think he based cheats, on where actually. my picks are, uh, but. <laughs> 
We're going to get to him. Gibby is back at, at HQ, and so he's going to write down all of our picks. But the standings right now, Mia, who's off today, she's just running away with it. How about 17 games above five, way above 500 right now? Uh, J.J. running second with a 47-40 and 40 record. Coach Campo, 46-41. and 41, So that's still not bad at all, Coach. I'm a game behind you. I am on your heels, Yay. okay? Okay, I am on your heels right now. And then Leon, 42-45. and 45. Matt, a distant. 37 and 50. All right. So, I mean, ready? let's be fair. The last three weeks, I've been going. You've been going <laughs> completely, bold? completely oppo Joe to try and catch up. <laughs> He's going opposite of me. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. So, let's get him going. I'm going to give you maybe one of the uglier games to start off with, and then Gibby will keep track of all of our picks and make sure we're good to go. I'm going to start off with the Steelers at the Colts. It is a one and a half point line favoring the home team um, since. Mia is in the lead. JJ, Mia has picked, let's see here, the Steelers. JJ, make sure I get this right, has picked the Colts. Uh, I will pick the Colts. Mm. Coach Campo? I'm going with the Colts as well. Yeah, I'm going with Minshew. Mm. I I like that that Colts defense, though, at home, especially at home. Still, it's a bit struggling. How how many points are the Steelers getting? Uh, Point and a half. I'll take the Steelers. Okay, you got the Steelers. All right, all right, excellent. So we'll move on. That rabbit rabbit hole is getting. I know it is. But I'm desperate. What else am I going to do? We'll get to the next one. Seattle is hosting the now, what is it, two straight loss Philadelphia Eagles squad. Uh, A three and a half point line. Seahawks catching three and a half points right now with this game. So we'll start out with uh, Mia's selection is the Eagles. JJ has selected, let me make sure I have this right. J.J. has the Eagles as his pick. Coach, who do you got? I got the Eagles as well. All right, Eagles mm-hmm. laying three and a half points. Uh, I feel like I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, at I'm home. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to take Gina, the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks too. At I'll, home with Gino coming back. Plus mm-hmm. the hook. I love the hook. Yeah, yeah. Hook. yeah. I could easily see that thing being like 24-21. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm going to take the Seahawks. All right, you're taking the Seahawks yeah, as well. Me too, Seahawks. All right, so they're all marked down there. All right, let's get to the next game. We got the Bucks and the Packers. The Packers are a three and a half point pick despite losing to the New York Football Giants. A three and a half point favorite over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Mia has the Packers as her selection. JJ also uh, in on that one has picked the Bucks. Uh, and then, Coach, who are you going with? I'm going with the Packers. Packers Pack. Minus three and a half. Minus three and a half. I tell you what, I learned a little bit about Jordan Love the other night. Everything I thought about him, I've already forgotten about him because he wasn't that good the other <laughs> mm-hmm. night. That's for sure. Uh, laying three and a half points, a eh, little risky. The Bucks are always in these games, it seems like. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks too. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Y'all know it's going to be cold up there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to say Florida boys can't play in the cold? No, I'm saying. Uh, That's what you're trying to say. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it actually might be snowing, believe it or not. I might, have, I might have read the weather wrong. I'm yeah. going with the Packers. Well, anytime you say Lambo, you get cold just saying exactly. it. So it I might got be a snowing. Just thinking about All it. right, so you're going with the Pack. Uh, let's see here. So we've got the Packers and the Bucks for JJ and Mia. All right, so all those picks are in, right? Let's get to the next one. We got the Vikings and the Bengals with our Otterson Wealth Advisors risk reward picks. So Broncos and Lions, a four and a half point line for my Lions. I'm starting to starting to give up on them just a little bit my lions are favored by four and a half mia has taken the lions looks like jj has taken the broncos coach who you got i've got the lions i'm sticking with detroit sticking with detroit 
Okay. Minus four and a half on this one. Uh, They really let me down this past week. They let me down financially, (laughs) and they let (laughs) me down with my picks, um, which means I got to lay these points. I'm laying four and a half. Yeah, I got got the Lions. You got the Lions? I got the Lions, yeah. I got – I got a lower 25 in Green Bay on Sunday, by the way. I, I, got, I got the Lions. I'm taking the Lions. You're taking the Lions? Yeah. Okay. All right, so minus four and a half is the line there. All right, let's get to the last couple of them, the Vikings at the Bengals. Bengals with a two-game win streak uh, with their latest win uh, this past week over the Colts. They are a three-point favorite with the Vikings coming to town. Let's see here. Mia has the Bengals as her choice. JJ has selected the Bengals as well. Uh, Coach, what do you think? I got the Bengals as well. I like those Bengals. Okay, laying three points, and I think this is all has everything to do with what's going on with Minnesota, just the simple fact that we really don't know uh, who's quarterback in that club. Can I pick Jake Buster Browning to win three straight games and lay three points? Why not? I'm not doing it. I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> wow, okay. Are you really? I'm yeah. taking Buster Brown. Okay, all right. Brownie. Browning, minus three. <laughs> See, here's the problem, okay? Josh Dobbs, last three games, two touchdowns, five picks. Completing little like 56% of his passes. Mm. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Jake Browning again. Cinderella. We're going to go with Jake. the Bengals. All right, There's so the Bengals, problem. minus three. They're trying to stay in that playoff race, that's mm-hmm. for sure. The Burrowless Bengals still uh, keeping it alive. All right, let's get to the last game. You got Buffalo hosting the Dallas Cowboys. It is a two-point line. You got Mia taking the Bills. You got JJ taking the Bills as well. Both of those teams, uh, or both of those picks, laying a couple of points. Cowboys Coach. forever. Cowboys. Wow. On that one, huh? mm. Minus two. So he's catching two <laughs> points uh, with his Dallas selection. Hard to believe that Dallas, as much as they won, is catching two points in this game. Leon. Uh, All right, I'll go ahead and put mine in. Yeah, go ahead and put yours in. I'm going to put mine in. I decided it didn't matter what the number was. I was taking the Bills, so I'm not surprised that Vegas is favoring them. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of me wants to go ahead and take those points and see how it goes down. But I'm I'm going to lay the points. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. I think the Bills are red hot right now. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen is red hot. At home against the Cowboys. They they still need to win out. I mean, they're 7-6. Yeah, I mean, to make the playoffs. I'm not sure if they're in the playoff picture right now. But if they win the next couple of games, they got a shot. I like the Bills. Game time, game time weather, low 40s. Where, Buffalo? 86% chance of rain. Where, Buffalo? Yep. Yeah, sloppy game. That's normal. Bills. Bills. I'll take the Bills. The Bills. So, all right, so that's quite a few uh, pick the Bills other than uh, <coughs> former Dallas Cowboy head coach. Dave Campo. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I t- listen. I went a couple times early, then I didn't take the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with the Cowboys now. And they look good right now. All right, there you go. Uh, our picks, Otterson Wealth Advisors, with our risk reward picks, uh, and uh, you know we'll find out whether we know a little something or a lot of something. Uh, Leon, leave us with a, a little knowledge uh, on what everyone's talking about. Uh, can this Jacksonville Jaguar team bounce back and get well and beat the Ravens? I don't know. They can. They, they absolutely can. Well, what Matt said that we have not seen this team, play, we have not seen the Jaguars play a complete game all season long. Mm-hmm. If they can just find a way to win the game, all this, the injuries and all this other kind, no one cares. Just find a way to galvanize the guys together and find a way on in prime time right. Sunday night football, which we haven't done all year. When the national attention has been on Jacksonville, we've come up short. When the lights are brightest, we've come short. So I want to see us shine Sunday night. All right, so you you. 
You don't have a gut because normally with Maddie, he gives us a gut right he, before you he come leaves. right out of the gate. He ain't got a gut right now. I don't. I don't I, he I, said he ain't watching you're the not same old movie. Are you? I, I, no, I'm not. I ain't bringing no popcorn yet. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> vacillating I, I, really I, I big am, right bro. now. Are you feeling the L? No, I'm not feeling the L. I'm not what. No, I'm not sure what I'm feeling. Are you are you kind of feeling? <laughs> I'm just tired of going to the Let same. Let me ask you this: I telling you, is it possible you might be feeling the L out, not just the L this week? No, I don't know. I'm prepared to. I just want to see a better. I want to. I just want to see a better product. On prime time, that's all. I'm prepared to start chanting Duva and with no L right at the end. No L. Uh, yeah, just stop it right there. No, no L. Because huh? we got to get rid of the L's, man. Uh, all right. Now, Big Service, along with Coach and Hack, you will be part of the fifth quarter Monday morning. Yeah, Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. yeah, Monday morning. Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> A couple hours after What's it What's better goes than final. Hacker in the early morning hours? I know. Spending yeah. time with Hack, yeah. huh? Yeah. It'll be easy on the eyes. It'll be easy on the eyes. All right, Serge, thanks, buddy. You got it. All right, Glad so he's going to head out. We're going to keep it rolling the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, we reserve it for Coach Campo to help us break down this game a little bit. I- I've got all sorts of numbers. Uh, he and I uh, threw it around with our Campo and Joe podcast. We'll get those numbers going again. What's it going to take for the hometown team to defeat Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get into it next. It is XL primetime from Players Grill Mandarin. Cranking it. Two o'clock afternoon on a Friday. We hope you're having a good one. We hope that, you know, by the time you started heading towards the weekend that you were able to just kind of look back and say, you know what, I got all my work done. All I need to think about right now is getting ready for some Jaguars football against the Baltimore Ravens. I would call them the hated Baltimore Ravens coach like I always call everybody else. But, you know, kind of had our way with Lamar Jackson and the boys last year as they came from behind to beat them. I don't know if we can do that again this time. Well, you know, of course, they've been actually pretty good against the Ravens over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, uh, this football team, where they're at, you know, we can say all these things about them, that they're not doing this or not doing that. But in reality, uh, this is what people play for. This is this kind of a game in December is what you would like this team to be involved with, with the Jaguars. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to the game one way or another. So it's, it's exciting and getting ready on national television. Another opportunity uh, under the lights on national TV. Uh, we're under the lights here at Players Grill Mandarin because we're on the stage, Maddie. So we're sitting up here and love seeing all the people that have come by today. Players Grill Mandarin. Don't forget Miramar. Don't forget Oakleaf. Oak yeah. And uh, it's a home of the fifth quarter as well, as Coach well knows. But you can drop on by, enjoy some of the great menu items, get you a cold beer, and don't forget that pour till they score promotion that they have here. Which is always good. Yeah. Which is always good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So listen now, okay? I, I kind of joke with you on at the break because you know I love you, and I'm going to come after you. But I just uh, – here's the thing with me. This, I'm getting really annoyed about this all week, and it's getting worse and worse with each day that, you know, it, it's – there's a hurt receiver. There's a hurt offensive lineman. This guy's still a rookie. Those you know, things matter. They got, they got injuries on defense. I'm not talking to you. I'm saying in general. <laughs> I mean, this team hasn't put together a complete game anyway. So those things don't matter. At this point, I look at this team and I say, stop giving excuses to everyone and stop trying to blame one guy, Calvin Ridley. It's not Calvin Ridley's fault that they're not winning games. It's the entirety of the team of guys that are not playing to their ceiling, correct? Well, when you look at them over the course of the year, I agree with you 100%. I think this football team is kind of an enigma. You know, they have talent uh, at, at really basically every position, but it hasn't shown up the whole year in any consistency there's been good in certain areas at times 
but something else breaks down. Uh, defense has been really good at certain times, but then all of a sudden they bust two or three coverages in a game, and if you do that, you're going to lose a football game. It's not like they got a bunch of guys running around. They have no, good players. They have good players, yes. uh, and, and, and really, to be honest with you, uh, like you said, they haven't put together a p- complete game, but they've won eight games. Right. So that's your point. That's, that's the right point. They have not put everything together to win the big games, the primetime games. And so at, my, at this point right now, I'm not sure we're a primetime team. Yeah, and, and, you know, the one thing where I, I like to just clap back and jump in, and I understand that you expect to win a lot of games because of what they were able to do last year, but I still look at this team. Yeah, they've got players, but do they have the best players? Do they have – and we have to admit to ourselves during this entire season, have we seen, other than Josh Allen, anyone else dominate on the defensive side of the football? Darius no. Williams has come up with a few big plays. RRH but a couple that's times, a couple yeah, games. But we're talking few and far yeah. between now okay so this defense has given up a lot they're starting to give up more scores than I think uh, uh, people would have imagined and so I'm not going to gloss on them and say that they're good do they have enough players to win yeah but they all right just take a look at who they were going up against San Francisco completely outmatched by a good football team right but they have enough good players on defense to stop the Bengals with Jake Browning yes at home and to to stop the Browns with Joe Flip and Flacco those were terrible losses terrible losses but what's coming in right now L Boogie and company they're, they've got almost 5,000 yards of offense up, right boy. now, Coach. And you look – you all right, remind people of the stats, where they rank offensively and defensively, because I know you have the His little sheet here. Like yeah, well, well uh, you know, offensively they're high in almost everything. They've got their seventh in, in yards. They're, they're first in rush. Yeah. They're uh, seventh in scoring, third in the red zone, seventh on third down. The only stat that's down the line is their pass. And that's because if you really watch Lamar over and over and over again, he is not that accurate. You can say whatever you want, but he can throw the deep ball, and that's where they make their hay. On defense, they're second in total. They're second in pass defense. They're first in scoring. They're third in red zone, and they're seventh and third down. They're doing yeah. a lot of stats there. But let me say one other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something stupid here. Mm-hmm. I watched three games now on on Baltimore, Mm -hmm. okay? They they played the run rushing the passer. Interesting. They played the run on the move. They don't play on getting on guys and riding them and all this kind of stuff. It's all on the field. If we can't run the football on these guys, we're not going to be able to run the football on anybody. If you watched L.A. last week, if they stayed with the running game the whole ball game, they would have scored another couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They kicked their butt up front, but it's because they have different levels of their people. Right. Because the, the tackle, Matabuki's got 11 sacks. Owe's got a bunch of sacks. Van Noy's got a bunch of sacks. Clowney's got a bunch of sacks. Right. That's because they go after right. the ball. They're okay. aggressive. And, and I want to jump in on that because we talk about, you know, you've got what you've got, you know, and there's good players and all this kind of stuff. But right now it ain't adding up to much, okay, because this team, when you take a look at the yards per carry, ETN had two and a half yards per carry. There was a total of, uh, I have to go back and look at the exact number, but they averaged less than three yards per tote, okay? That's unacceptable, and that's what they're doing right now. Well, if they ha- are going to win this football game, this is the no- the one game that I'm saying that they they have a chance to run the football 
they need to run the football because when you're playing against all those different level defensive linemen, mm-hmm. you have a chance to get some gashes. And that's by down blocking, pulling, down block, doing definitely. a bunch of different things to get the guys that are on different levels. And so our scheme has to win this ball game by running the football. If we do that, their back end is just like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. They are, you are capable of making plays against it if the quarterback has time and play action is our best game. And we need to be able to run the football in order to get it done. You know, the thing is with the Bengals, though, is, is they're winning and now they have that mindset of winning. You know what I mean? You're so, talking about so the Ravens. The Ravens, I'm sorry. I said yeah, the Bengals. The Ravens. Get those Bengals on right. your mind. They're but they, they have, right. They, and I, th- I think this is, you know, Gibby said earlier about you know, last hour that they have the fifth easiest schedule. I, I don't look at any NFL schedule as easy. It's right. the NFL. Correct. Week to week, anybody can beat you. Yep. What the, what the Ravens are doing is they're winning games they should win. Correct. And if you, if you want to say that, look at this team's schedule. Mm-hmm. They played the Chiefs and the 49ers and who else? Who the else? Bills. The Bills. The Bills are right the, now. The Bills. But the yeah. Bills were a struggling team then. Yeah, but they still beat them. I know they did. Yeah. I know they were a struggling yeah. team, and, they were, and that was in London. So it's, there's a lot of different factors. My yeah. point is, I don't buy that whole that they have an easy schedule, and that's why they're doing it. You've you got to go out and play every week, man. You've got to be ready, mentally prepared and ready. And I think, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I think the reason why they struggle every week is because what they're doing during the week, whatever they're doing, is not working. Because there's no way that all of a sudden now the narrative is, well, we just got to communicate more. What the hell is that? You're 15 weeks in. You're 15 weeks in. If you're not communicating while you're preparing, what are you doing? Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I mean, obviously there's something wrong because we're not not producing when, when when the lights are on. You know, whatever, whatever reason, we're not doing something during the course of the week to get ready, whether that's focus, whether that's – you can name all those things. I mean, we've, when you bust the coverage, I, you know, I heard that, uh, that they weren't communicating. Listen, you practice it. If, if they give you a certain formation, you know right? where you've got to cover. Yes. I mean, that's, that's part of the game. And, and uh, this team, after 15 weeks, should know that. I will say this, though, uh, at this particular time, a lot of Kool-Aid went to uh, in, in the in the crapper mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of negativity running around this table right now. Well, you, I think you can't help it because you look and you go, how did you lose? All right, it's, it's one thing if you lost one of the last two games. How did you lose both of those games? Right. Okay? And that's, we should have won. We should have won one of these two. Right. Both should, of them. Yeah, because yeah. the Dolphins, I'm just saying, it's one thing to lose one of them. But, you know, yes, you definitely should have won both of them. You were favored in both of them against the, 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 the personnel you were playing. And uh, I can't get away from that. Okay, so I'm, believe me, I'm throwing yeah. darts at what I see right now. Yeah. But at the same time, if you want to talk about NFL formula, the Ravens have won seven of eight. They go on the road. They needed a punt return for a touchdown to beat uh, an average Rams team. And Gibby pointed it out. They played, what was it, the sixth easiest schedule so far uh, this season. So That's correct. We don't, we don't need to look at them as world beaters or right. giants, okay? But this team needs to play a clean football game. Yeah, well, but that, that's kind of my point is yeah. they're winning games by playing clean, smart football. Yeah. That's, that's how they're winning games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you return a punt for a touchdown, somebody's doing something right. right Somebody's blocking. Yeah. The guy running it is not always the guy. It's the guys that are blocking for him. It's the same thing 
whether ETN does well is based on whether or not the guys up front are blocking for yeah, him. Right. That's how it works. I think what the biggest thing that concerns me with this whole team is, number one, as you said, they haven't put together a, a, a complete game at any time. But you look at our front seven, for example, okay? We got three defensive linemen that have a total of one and a half sacks. Yeah, that's not that's, – that's no okay? bueno. You look at the offensive line – and you got guys, we, we're making a 2.5 to a 3.5 rush game. We are not winning up front. And that's the thing that concerns me the most about this team we're playing. This is not an elite football team that we're playing, right. yeah. in my opinion. They're a good football team. They're doing exactly what you and Matt are saying. They're winning games that they're supposed to win. Yeah. But they are physical, and we are not physical up front. That, that's the problem. Yeah, that, that, I, that, was, that was my point last week. Fight. Just fight. There's no fight right. in this team right that's, now, right? That's, that's it. Like I that's said earlier, dude, you, if, if you're talking about football players, let's just get down to the basics. High school, college, um, NFL. Heck, you can even go to Pop Warner. It's one. How badly do you want it? And I don't see any fight or want in these guys. Blocking and tackling. Yes. That's what it comes down to. And we missed a bunch of tackles last week, and we didn't block anybody. Both teams. So that's how you lose. Yeah, both teams last week, the Ravens and the Jags ran, if you can believe it or not, in, in the NFL, they ran over 70 plays. One team had 450 yards. The other team had less than 300 yards. Right. Okay. The Jaguars finished the game 58 yards on 20 rushes. Yeah. Okay. That is not going to get it done. All right, so we'll keep it going. We've got our head coach. You guys can hit the text line design by Lifetime Enclosure. We would love uh, for you to give us a good argument, a bold prediction if you want. We've got another bold fact from Bold City Brewery coming up here in just a sec. We are hanging out at Players Grill Mandarin. You can come in here and get one of those cold ones because they got taps galore, screens galore, inside, outside. they got the patio. And, you know, we were talking about kind of a – a little bit of a different weather pattern that we're dealing with right now. Bundle up and sit on the outside. It's, it's always a good place. Players Grill Mandarin. It is XL Primetime. I know that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I put into this, and, you know, I know that we're capable of going. Uh, I know the type of coach that I am. I believe in myself. Um, but, again, this isn't about me. This is about a, a group that's hurting in there. we got to get some rest, and we got to get ready for Buffalo. <laughs> Brandon Staley. That's what he had to say after the game. we got to get ready for Buffalo. Well, yeah, your team does, but you don't because he was relieved of his duty. When he left the game last night, he had a job. Obviously, a little earlier today, he found out he no longer has it. We predicted it. I said it earlier in the week, Coach, that there was no question in my mind that he was going to be canned uh, after this game. I had no idea it was going to be 42 nothing at the half, and there's some historical numbers here uh, for that. But I, I said to the fellows earlier, Matt and Leon, I said, Coach, if there's one thing I know when a team wants to get a coach run out of town is quit playing defense, yeah, and that down, was yep. so obvious last night. Well, they, they really obviously uh, were not ready to play, and, and they, uh, you know, remember that the defense didn't play very well, but they also fumbled three times in in. The other team's territory. So I got to ask you this a little question. on both sides of the ball. So I'm showing TLD this last night, okay? We go to Sunset Grill, and then we head home. I'm showing her a couple of these plays. I'm like, that looks like they were given every bit of effort, okay? But at the same time, even the special teams, when they got ripped out at the goal line, and then right. Joe Kelly, uh, right. Kelly with his fumble. Yep. 
guys are just playing a list a percent lazier because they don't want that coach to stick around. Yeah, I think it you know it gets to a point sometimes, and I've been fired, so I I know exactly how it is. I think the one thing that I look back at at my career is that uh, the end of the year, uh, my last year as a head coach at Dallas, uh, we played the Redskins and. Uh, the final score was 17 to 14. They won 17 to 14. So my guys played right mm-hmm. to the end. Right. And I think that's, you know, I can look back on that and say, hey, look, I didn't get it done. But at the same time, I, I never lost the football team. And I think he lost the football team. He did. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, last year watching some games, you remember the game where he went for fourth down and won on, on like the 20-yard line coming out? Yeah. You know, and I said to myself, you know, that gets a little old when you don't make it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you keep doing yeah. it enough, that that can turn your team around, well, too. Well, also, two years two years ago when he could have kicked the field and got in the playoffs and didn't. Well, yeah. that, that's another uh, right. I'm so, glad you said that because I was going to say to Coach, if you're a two-year playoff head coach, like, in other words, you've gone to the back playoffs back-to-back years, he's harder to you fire. You could probably weather this year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially <laughs> after the quarterback got injured. It's harder to fire that guy. Right. Yet that Dumas decided not to play for a tie and yeah. got knocked Dave, out of the it, postseason. Yeah. It is – am I right or wrong when I say typically when teams go back quickly like that or when coaches get fired, it's because the message isn't getting through anymore. Absolutely, it's trust. So it's yeah, it's it's all about trust. It's trust with players, you know, from other players. You know, if a guy keeps making certain mistakes, that hurts. You know, some people get upset. I've heard Leon talk about it all the time. If a coach is, can't be trusted, that's a good indication that he's not going to make it. And uh, you know, I I kind of questioned him a little bit on some things right along. But uh, this, you know, when you get beat like that. I mean, uh, the team that beat them scored zero the week before and scored 63 on the next one. They, yeah. Obviously, they weren't, they, they weren't really excited about playing. So your last year, we were talking off the air, your last year, um, you, you played the Redskins last game, you won. Then you gave me this great anecdote about Sprayer. Tell everybody about what happened. Well, it was, that's a quick story. I mean, I don't know what it has to do with the Jaguars. It doesn't, weekend, but it's a great but, story. But, uh, Matt won't let you know, get away with it. No. It's, it started, uh, you know, it started during the week. And during the week, the, you, the head coach has a, a meeting with the uh, media people from the, right. from the opposing team. So everybody knew that there was a chance that this was my last go-round. Right. And – so the questions they asked, how do you get your team ready to play when you're in this situation, right? Right. So you know me, I, could, I, could, I try to be as witty as I can. So I said to him at the time, and, and I'm sure Spurrier heard this, uh, I said at the time, I said, look, because I had beaten them five in a row as a head coach, the Redskins. So I said, look, if we – beat the Redskins in this ball game, the Redskins will never beat us in the history from here on out. Okay? So we get to the game. The score is uh, 17-14. They have the ball. About two minutes and 30 seconds left. They're backed up on the goal line. And I'm thinking, Zimmer, my defensive coordinator, I said, Zimmer, stop them right here. And we're going to get the ball about the 50-yard line, and we're going to go down and win this game. All right? Well, third down, about eight, they throw a pass, and they they make it. 
So, you know, all of a sudden on the scoreboard it flashes, not today, Campo, <laughs> not today, all right? <laughs> and it's flashing over and over and over. Just like it know? was a, a miracle with uh, Kurt Russell. Unbelievable. So, so, anyway, I go across the field, and it's Spurrier is the head coach After in Washington. Game. After the game, you go yeah. across the field and you shake hands. shake hands with the head coach. So I get over there, and Spurrier looks at me and he goes, Campo, get everything you can out of Jerry. <laughs> well, little did he know, he was only there right, one more right. year, and he was out of there. And by the way, he got everything he could. He got, right. he got, got everything he could right. from the Redskins. Right. Uh, too. All right, back to Staley real quick, and then we'll spend the last bit of our time with you, Coach, talking about the Jags. But uh, another bold fact, because I, I at least want to bring this back. Here's a bold fact. Brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. Don't forget, if you're heading down Sunday afternoon before Sunday night, before it turns into Sunday night, Bold City downtown, or hit the production house over on Roselle Street uh, and enjoy some cold craft, and they've got it all, the Duke's Killer Whale, that brand-new Bold City IPA, on and on and on with what they've got. Make sure you check them out. So this is uh, a bold fact, and uh, you'll get it right away because it's what we're talking about. Uh, name the only team that right now is paying two $20 million people on both sides of the ball. Chargers. Chargers. The only team. Bosa? Mack? Yep. Herbert? Nope. Herbert's not? No. Well, the way the salary works, he's got his deal, but it's not, not it's $20 Keenan, million this year. Keenan making yeah. 20 Keenan is. Who and a guy is? that's hurt, Mike Williams. Oh, Mike oh, yeah. Williams, right. Okay, yeah. so two wide receivers are making $20 million. And two defensive linemen are making twenty million. So those are the two position groups. I should I should have phrased it that way. Yeah. The only team paying two defensive linemen and two wide they receivers have twenty million. It. So they have spent their money. Right. And 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 I'm not like I am piling on Brandon Staley in a way, coach, because this was a team that was not void of talent. Right. Okay. Which means you got to have a plan. You got to maximize it. They spent a hell of a lot to get Mac there, his third team. Right, and then spent the money to keep Bosa, and then obviously spent the money to keep Williams and Keenan, plus the money they gave to Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's it's a rough deal, and and obviously I think everybody knew after that the way that game ended that there, there was a chance of him not making it. Uh, you know that uh, I felt during the season. You heard me say this a, a, a couple times during our picks. Mm-hmm. Where we, San Diego came up, not San Diego, the, the, LA? the Chargers, the Chargers. LA Chargers. Y'all were trying to run them out of town. Yeah, all I, you guys were. I said, yeah, I said, I said, I think they're pretty a, deserved to me. Right. I, I thought they were a fraud. <laughs> right, and, you did. I said that a couple times because I don't think that team played to their ability the entire season. Right, and so you know, I'm hopeful I don't say the same thing about our team before it's all over. Yeah, they need to. And, look, it was mentioned on the text line, you don't want to be called the Chargers of the East because you, 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 this is a team that does have talent. Just, yes. so, just so happens injuries have hit them at the worst possible time. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll keep it going. We'll get coaches some of his last things that he thinks needs to go down for this team to be successful against the Ravens Sunday night. We are here at Players Grill Mandarin on San Jose Boulevard. Make it where your neighborhood gets fans or, or family and friends get together where the neighborhood meets. Drop on by, and especially when you're watching ball, make it happen right here at the players grill baltimore is the top team in the afc right now um you know i don't watch the offensive side offensive side of the ball but obviously you know they're doing some good things on that side as well but defensively 
you know, they're playing lights out. So um, it's a good challenge for us, and we got to treat it like any other week. we got to just go about our process and put a great plan together and uh, be prepared and go out Sunday and execute. You know, that, that's all it's about. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Well, Trevor Lawrence talking about what they do. Well, the Ravens do a lot of it on both sides of the football. Well, as we mentioned earlier, and Coach went through some of the numbers. We're talking high-ranking stat categories for the Baltimore Ravens in a lot of spots. It's XL Primetime. We've got about a half hour to go here at Players Grill Mandarin. Then you got the Francis Show coming up. We appreciate uh, – really, we always say this, and we – you know, like we enjoy the atmosphere at any one of the players' grills, and we definitely got to say uh, thanks to uh, the Megan and Phil that yeah. host us every time, and so they make sure that they put on a, a great setting for their fans to come in here immediately, get a cold beer, be able to watch all the games, and obviously when the Jaguars are on, there are a lot of people fired up. Coach, you're normally at the Miramar one for the right. uh, for the for, for fifth, the fifth quarter. quarter. Yeah. Well, they need to come over because yeah. uh, I just ate some pizza. And yeah. come over, get a pizza. <laughs> if you want a good pizza, come on in here along with everything else they've got. And that's from a good place. Italian right there. Yeah, good yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So he knows what's up. All right, so you heard what uh, Trevor said, and we also talked about how much they do well. Uh, keys to how – I asked this question to Leon on Matt earlier. Maybe it was earlier in the week. But what's the – not the easiest fix, but what's the main fix to make sure they get back to, to, to winning? Well, I think, first of all, they, they, they've got to play a clean game. Yeah. You know, I don't think we've played a clean game. You know, as, as fans and media, you know, we look out there and we see the, the play that uh, Ridley, you know, doesn't look for the ball and they, you throw an interception. And, you know, you can make all kinds of excuses. But in reality, uh, I want to see Ridley. Uh, make the play when he has an opportunity to make the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see a clean football game, but I also want to see us bow up just like just like Matt says all the time right. and fight in this ball game. I want to I want to win the line of scrimmage, and to me that's the key to the football game. You know, their their run game's different than ours. Our run game. You know, you got we've got to do a good job against their you know their line. Because of what they do, their their run game for our defense is a combination of the running back and the quarterback. So it's just as important for us to stop the run game and also make sure that the quarterback doesn't beat us on anything. So you you have to make sure your rush lanes are good. You have to make sure that, that you, your linebackers are, are concentrating. All the time, it's not just about covering people. Right. It's making sure that you know where the quarterback is and what he's doing. So here's my thing. Um, I think if they don't come out and play their best game, because they know right now what's staring at them. If we don't see their best game Sunday night in a big atmosphere against a good team in the league, if we don't see their best game, if we still see these same stuff, the same problems, they're going to have a problem winning the game. you got a concern. Away. They're going to have a problem concern. winning the rest of the way. Absolutely, because uh, you, you've heard me say it a hundred times, and you guys have said it all the time. You said it earlier in this show right here. Uh, there are no JV teams in this league, and a lot of what you do is confidence uh, and, and making sure that, that you feel like you can win games. Well, you know, you lose this one not because they're better than you are, but because you right. make some mistakes Same stuff over in the over. game. Right. Right. The, the confidence level changes, and now all of a sudden you're going, 
you're going into a, a, a situation where you got Tampa Bay coming up that's fighting for a for a spot here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carolina might be a little shaky, but I guarantee you the Tennessee Titans would like nothing better yeah, exactly. than to have us in a situation where they if they win the football game, yeah. they knock us yeah. out. Because it was and, a win in their end, whoever yeah, it was last year. Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the other part of it. You mentioned confidence. You've got to prove that you, know, you have the confidence to do it. But you know what else you've got to do? You've got to get rid of the overconfidence. Yeah, that's true. And that's I think true. That, that might I have, think that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I, I, you know, ha- I keep they, saying they that. They literally have to play their best game. Yeah, but I keep saying that, you know, that they're, that they're reading the press clippings or not. But they're not reading any press, press clippings no, this week. not of late. Yeah, I, no. If I was one of those guys, I'd, the first thing I would do is say, I'm not listening to the radio or right. the – watching TV or reading any kind of newspaper. And I do think Trevor in the postgame, and like we said, we hope that he carried this into meeting rooms inside the walls and challenges his players. And, and I, I like the fact that any player that, especially in that premier position, takes ownership of his own play. And he starts with that. Basically, I did not do enough to win this football game. I made mistakes. But collectively, we all have to get our heads out of our rear end, and we got to play better. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be important in this game. And, and again, I'm going to say it again. This is not an elite football team we're playing against. If you look at specific things, right. you know, Flowers – He's a good receiver, but he's not a great receiver. See, that's what I was worried about. Their Zay's outplaying our Zay right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. At least of late. And, and, and uh, OBJ, if you don't give OBJ a, a, a straight line for the goal line, uh, he's another guy. But he's, those guys can make plays if you give it to them. Right. And then you look at their, their uh, other people that are out there. The tight end looks like he's a player, but he's a yeah. second-team player. Yeah, but he made plays immediately. Oh, yeah. He's okay. a good athlete. So, I mean, and I'm, and I'm, I'm using this. So I'm going to let that let you set me up on that one. Yeah. Well, Brenton Strange is a backup. Luke Farrell's a backup. Yeah. Those guys haven't made enough plays. Luke that, Farrell, both of them, one got close to the end zone, the other one barely got in the end zone, but Brenton Strange has been hurt. Luke Farrell has made a few plays, but Isaiah likely walks onto the field and starts making absolutely. plays. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, we've got to make sure that we're – on playing at all cylinders yeah. the rest of the way, in my right. opinion, not just this game, but, but going forward. And, and, and we mentioned Trevor, but real quick, coach to coach, what, what type of message do you think Doug Peterson sent this? Well, I think, I, first of all, like I've heard from a lot of people that he's, he's a tell-it-like-it-is guy in the meetings, in a, in a press. He's going to be very careful about what he says about his football team. But mm-hmm. when he's in the building – I've heard he's very transparent, and I don't think you can go into this game without telling the guys, hey, it's time. It's time to get going. Right. And, and that means that you have to be on point on everything. Uh, we can't have a situation where a guy doesn't turn his head when he's supposed to turn his head. We, right. We've got to make plays when the plays are there. And exactly. that's, that's what hopefully we see this, this Sunday. Get back to some winning ways, that's for sure. All right, we're going to wrap it up here at Players Grow Mandarin. Say hello to the French Show coming up here in just a sec. We've had a great time today, and we hope that we have a great Sunday, which will be coming up when the Ravens come into town, come into the bank, and hopefully walk out with an empty bag. We'll set that all up with the French Show coming up next. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Well, we've been having a great time here at Players Grill Mandarin, the Frangie Show, ready for the takeover. Frank Frangie joins us now. Frank, how are you? Doing great, Joy Boy. How are you, man? What's going on? 
Well, look, uh, we've got the answers on how to win. We just don't know whether the they'll answers. be able to pull it. we got all the answers. We just don't know whether they'll be able to pull it off Sunday night against uh, El Boogie and the Ravens. I'm all about answers. You give me a – I don't even like questions. I, all I want is answers. So, so <laughs> I love that. Look, this will be one of the hardest games of the year for them. I, I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. They're playing at a great level. It'll be hard. I, I don't think anybody debates that. Look, uh, we forget sometimes, Joe and Matt, and uh, – <laughs> The Jags are, the Jags are eight and five, and they're in first place. And they've lost two close games. Now they may get rolled this week. I think the most important thing now is a four. It's a four-game end of the season. Can they win three of them? What do you guys think? Can they win three of the four? Yeah, and I'm like we've looked at it. Like say, hey, if if you take another L, there's still some W's ahead. Right. You're going up against Bucks, Panthers, Titans, but the Titans proved they're not going to be an easy out this past week, and so there's no guarantee, especially if they don't perform well Sunday night, Frank. Then it's going to be illuminating, and and they're going to struggle uh, to the house if they don't take care of business and look like they're a more complete football. Yeah, team. and and again, I think can they. Can you win three? Can you upset the Ravens? They're a, they're a home dog, yeah. And then win then they win two of the last three, or do you lose to the Ravens and then sweep the last three? I think that's I think three out of four. Joe gets you to eleven wins, yeah. And you get to eleven wins, and now I think you win the division. I, I there's no doubt in my mind about that. So I think I think that's the conversation, isn't it? Don't you think? Don't you guys think? Yeah, yeah. But I just I need them to look better Sunday night. They may not win that game, but they need to look. Better, like in other words, whatever. What the, the whole talking point this week has been: Hey, why are we in December and still making mistakes like this? So that's what I want to see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hey, today on the program, we've got Pete Prisco checking in, talking a little NFL football as always. Iris Chofel, our friend from Warchant.com, is going to be with us talking Knowles and the Knowles snub. We'll talk about that. I got a thought or two about bowl games. I got a thought or two about the playoffs. Got a thought or two about Shohei. It's all coming up in a bit. Thanks, guys. All right, sounds good. Frank Frangie, Ace Carline, Lauren Brooks, along with R.J. Saunders. They got it ready to rock and roll. Uh, he mentioned Shohei, and then Gibby mentioned to me earlier that the Dodgers are buying everybody, including Glass now. Look, Cheers. If, we, if we can't win with, with, without buying everybody, I don't know what we're going to If we don't win now with all of that, you're right. All right, let's do our takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Coach Campo, lead us off with a takeaway. Well, I'm counting on us to play a good football game, and this is the kind of game that you want to be in when you're at this point in the season. You've got two division leaders. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Statement time. My takeaway is I, I think they'll play their best game this season because if they don't, then they may not win again. Yeah, and my takeaway follows that is because what I said to Frank, this will be more revealing. They may not win this game, but they better clean up the mistakes that they have. And I'll just leave you with this. Baltimore's won seven of eight. The NFL formula is they ain't going to keep winning, okay? Eight of nine may not come as easy, just like the Cowboys going up to Buffalo. They've been on a roll. So if you want to pick them off, now is a perfect time to pick them off. All right, we are done. you got the French show coming up next. We had a great time here. Again, thanks to Phil and Megan and everybody here at the Players Grill. They all work hard to make sure that you have a good experience at any of their locations, so make sure you check them out and the home of the fifth quarter when, well, when it's not 1 a.m., <laughs> the home of the fifth quarter in a couple of Sundays, uh, Christmas Eve over at Miramar. We had a great time. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Coach Campo, Big Sirs, and Mia with her day off. And, Thanks to Gibby holding it down there, John Party holding it down here. Uh, And we leave you with our anthem like we do every Friday afternoon. 
a little Big John Henderson, and a little We're Not Gonna Take It. Enjoy the weekend. Oh, Joe, that ain't good enough. Come on, Joe. Ah, thank you, baby. Thank you. You're making blood come from my damn mouth.